Yo, welcome back everybody to Shoot the Shit Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dilshad. <laughs> and on my side, I lost you a little bit. I'm your other co-host, <laughs> Big Mo. Wait, did everyone else hear me though? Yeah. Oh, God. My okay, bad. Mo, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, welcome I, back to episode 16. Uh, we have a very special episode today because we have not one, not two... But we have three guests coming on today. Ooh. Um, yeah, Drum we have roll. two of them here right now, and then another one coming on later on. Uh, so give us a warm round of applause for our two guests over here. Uh, Balladay. Say hello, Balladay. Hello, Balladay. Balladay. <laughs> and we have Rachel. Hello. It's very nice to be here. Rachel Curie. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be confused with anyone else who's actually made any breakthroughs in the realm of science. <laughs> no relation. 100% sure you're going to have all kinds of breakthroughs. But um, I just want to start basketball. off. Basketball. <laughs> I just want to start off since Balladay is here. Balladay, why did she send me to look off at Wanda Grocery? Because every single page I look at, it's just your face. <laughs> <laughs> um it was <laughs> it was a calculated no move. comment <laughs> <laughs> every single page i'm on every facebook see it like it doesn't even matter the website is it's just... actually I th- oh yeah i think somebody's listening so the tar- the ads are like clearly Yo, targeted i don't know. know i literally i i commented once and then i sent in my photo because it's my friend who runs the company mm-hmm. um and i guess maybe I was, like it's quite early so maybe i'm the only one who sent in a photo <laughs> Um, but check them out (laughs) they're wonderful oh man yeah search them up and you'll get get all the gads and see holiday smile search it up in incognito please don't don't search it up in regular because it's gonna be on there forever (laughs) (laughs) oh man yo 2020 has been a wild 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 ride so far hasn't it None of it feels real. I'm still kind of convinced most of this is a fever dream. I hope the book. I hope all three of you are real. But I'm like kind of like 80 20 right now. <laughs> See, that's, that's that's why I shaved my head so you guys can you know get confused. Be like, wait, is this is this happening? Is, am I dreaming? Keep us on our toes. <laughs> have you got, have anybody seen the movie Mother, with uh the the actress from um from Hunger Games? I can't remember her name. Anyways, no, Jennifer Lawrence. No. Jennifer Lawrence. Anyways, the movie is essentially what this year. If you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. It's essentially what this year has been like. It's just been chaotic, scene after scene, no clue what's going on. Something completely brand new every single time, and it's confusing as hell. And so your your thought is, I should recommend this to people because I'm sure this is what they want to spend their time. <laughs> watching yeah absolutely chaotic out there but in my little bubble here it's quite peaceful yeah your little bubble is windsor met toronto we just finally moved on to stage two of the corona thing and windsor i saw was one of the corona thing of the corona thing and and i saw that windsor was not moving on (laughs) yeah we're we're lagging behind (laughs) think about us when you're when you're gone and off to better things. I'll send you a picture of a patio. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one of the things that's been confusing as hell um, has been this uh, defund the police 
that's been ha popping around. Um, a lot of protests for calling out for defunding the police. A lot of posts about defunding the police. A lot of arguments back and forth. Is it you know? Is it beneficial? Is it not? Whatever. And I have no idea what that even means to me. Like I can't even talk about it. Dilshan, like, do, do you have? Do you feel comfortable about it? You know what's going on? I definitely do not feel comfortable enough to like talk about it. So. Uh, yeah, that's why we brought on Rachel and Baladay to give us some of their insights because they, from what I hear, are very uh, invested in this topic and have a good knowledge base about it. And hopefully, we can all learn something today. Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently, I came prepared to deliver. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so please, we'll try our best. Yeah, Rachel Baladay, please. Again, all of this, everybody, it's a conversation. Um, you know, I know it is, it is it is a heavy topic, but it's. It's one that like we should at least understand. Like if we're gonna have a side and we're gonna be investing in this, like have have an understanding of why um, this movement's going on, and that would be mm -hmm. beneficial for everybody. At least so you can discuss and have a real civil conversations and real, um, uh, real meaningful movements, right? Um, yeah. I think having half the battle with some of the stuff that seems really big is just being open to mm -hmm. to hearing and to learning and. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think y'all are, are absolutely on the right track right now. So I know I can speak for myself and I'm very grateful that you're taking some time to talk about this today. Mm -hmm. and, and thank you guys for hopping mm -hmm. on and, and talking about this because, you know, it could, be, it could be difficult to pop on a mic and be like, hey, this is what it is on such a, um, I, I, I don't even know if the right wide word is controversial. Wide reaching platform but... like yours. I don't know how wide reaching it is. It is reaching. But. Hey, man. Yo, 10% of our listeners are in the States, surprisingly. I, I don't yeah, know why that's... Oh, wow. We have a couple in Sri Lanka. Yeah, that's probably oh, my relative. cool. Australia. Yeah. Denmark, Netherlands. Ireland. We'll, we'll get them. Okay. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's international. Cool. So you guys are on an international platform. We're in international <laughs> waters, would you say? You're on ship, the ship. Ooh. You're on the ship with them. Shoot the ship and international waters. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's weird, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I know. And this is why we got Rachel on Bali um, to talk about this because they're they got layers to topics. I don't know what I'm saying, bro. Let's just move. <laughs> yeah, what up, buddy? What's up? Welcome back to Shoot the Ship Podcast. No, we're not starting like that. We're gonna start like, yo, welcome <laughs> back to Shoot the Ship. Shout out to Kelvin. Free rent and everything else. I wish we could talk about stuff like this. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hello, hello. Am I right or wrong? Justice Iguese. Justice Iguana today. Shout out Kelvin. And now I play for uh, who might not tell the difference if I mess up or not. Oh, not a thing wrong with what you just said, and God bless you for claiming that right. <laughs> Welcome back to Shoot the Ship with your captains, Dilshan and Mo. Shout out to Calvin. Shout out to Calvin. Oh God. All right, we're 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 back. We had a really nice conversation yesterday with um, Padma, Padma Zhang, and she had a lot of really good insight too. Um, and she isn't recording with us now, but a lot mm -hmm. of this also reflects her words too. So I think we'd be remiss mm -hmm. to not um, mention her as well. So a big thank you to her as well for, for all of her thoughts. Uh, shout out to Padma. Thank awesome. you so shout much, Padma. Padma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that um, 
Uh, like I personally am absolutely no expert on this topic, um, yeah. and I think because of uh, recent events, um, kind of police brutality has been more on display lately on a lot of our screens. So I feel like that's why um, you also see like hashtag defund the police trending. Um, but it's actually something that a lot of activists have been like talking about since time, like for decades, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to create the impression that it's something that's like new um, or something that like or like what I'm saying is like what I'm saying is literally just words from like other organizations or other people um, who've already kind of like done a lot of the work mm-hmm. whereas like my role has just been to like learn um, and reflect so yeah I just wanted to like put that out there and I don't want to speak for Rachel but that's like for me personally mm-hmm. no that's huge absolutely um yeah, it, it has been a privilege to get to just listen and learn and, and to have a lot of these conversations be the first time that I'm hearing it because clearly, you know, it hasn't been an issue for me before this. So, um, yeah, these are definitely not all of our words. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I guess mm-hmm. it, it even goes back to a while. I mean, think about the NWA song. F the police. I guess they <laughs> is that NWA? I'm breaking. They yeah. were on it before everybody else was like jumping on it. <laughs> right, like if you actually think like that's been going on for really for a while. And now here we are. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like very long time, and not yeah. just in North America. Like brutality yeah. is pretty big in many many places across the world. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But um, Probably, yeah. Do you want to do you want to start with like? Oh yeah, stuff? sure. Um, what? Okay, so. Um, okay, so I'll like talk and then Rachel just like jump in whenever or like if that I miss good. anything. Um, so I guess just to broadly like talk about it, um, I think a lot of people see defund and they're like, oh, does this mean like full on abolition? Does it just mean reducing their budget? And from my understanding, it means like a lot of these things. So it's kind of like a well, for some, it's kind of like a spectrum, for others, it's like we're making our way towards abolition. Um, so I know right now there's the motion um, in Toronto City Council to reduce the Toronto Police Services budget by 10% from its current mm-hmm. $1.1 billion, mm-hmm. which I know I said $1.1 billion. It's like wild. Um, I was very shocked when I learned that. Um, but I think, um, so BLM Toronto calls for a 50% reduction which is still put their budget at like over 500 million, which is still a lot, like Mm -hmm. from my understanding of money anyway. Um, So I think one of the huge things is that um, one of the things that gets a lot of people is that their budgets are massive for like absolutely no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But more importantly is that a lot of other very important services have actually been defunded um, before our lifetimes and in our current lifetime. Um, like education, uh, social services, public housing, transportation. Um, so a lot of, so those funds should be redirected to those causes and things like um, food security. Hmm. And and when I say spectrum, I feel like I'm talking all over the place. But um, when I say it's kind of like a spectrum, so yes, there's defunding, but in hopes of eventually reaching like abolishing the police altogether Mm. um and i think a lot of people like imagine anarchy and stuff um when you say something like this 
But I think it's something that's been really helpful for me to picture is that like the police isn't really formed in a day. So defunding them or like complete abolition will not happen in a day. It'll probably take quite some time. And as you move forward, it's it's about empowering those other services that should that have already been defunded, whose work would kind of render the police's obsolete if you think about it. Um, so for example, um, a lot of what the police does, to be honest, is like, so a lot of um, little acts are criminalized. So if you think about people who are homeless, for example, um, if they were housed, so if we had appropriately housing, appropriate housing, if we had something like um, livable, like uh, basic income or livable wages, people would not really need to to resort to petty theft, for example, um, or even not petty theft, even like other things that make that that are criminalized and that um, yeah. unfortunately result in people um, getting arrested or X Y Z. So if we had those things in place, then you wouldn't really need the police. I don't know if like what I'm saying is making any sense, but like, I don't know if you guys, you guys are listening. So maybe like if Rachel wants to like try to fill in and like others, like what I'm missing here, because Mm. to me it's like kind of clear, but I don't know if I'm expressing that. I think like, I think it's important to think about like, like Dilshan and Mo, when you think about like what the police are responsible for, like, what do you think about, what do you think is part of their job description? What do you think the police is supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely get thoughts of to protect and serve, like the words, you know, the motto of the police, at least, I guess that you see in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, protecting against crime, you know, <laughs> speed traffic, um, maintaining the rules <laughs> and order, essentially, but like kind of like the immune yeah. system. That's how I uh, how I see the police. Yeah, and just like really broadly, just keeping us safe, uh, helping us feel safe, um, mm-hmm. and being like a trusted figure. We learn in, when we're children to you know trust the police. You know, call nine one one if you need help with, if you're in an emergency. Yeah. And so it's an authority figure that we're supposed to trust to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And so Mo, you said like you know to protect against or to deal with crime so what are the things that come to mind when you think about like crime that you would want dealt with thinking of abuse robbery and slash theft um you know you know like the white white collar crimes too um whole bunch there um things things just of that nature especially things that are physical that really i cannot deal with if that makes sense especially mm-hmm. um like abuse um it's, it, it's one of those hard ones um you know you see um uh sometimes you want you need to like some someone's robbed you or you, know, you need to track them down to something that you don't have the resources necessarily to do um i feel like the police are, are things in my mind that come next yeah which i and i think what you've spoken to is what I think a lot of people would would echo as well when they think about why they would call the police. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'll say is like some of the things that you mentioned, um, especially like you brought up um, abuse or let's say like sexual assault, like Mm -hmm. that's a really good example of something that I think the average person would expect the police to handle and the police to do a good job at handling. But when we talk to people who are actually involved in these these cases, 
that is that is not true. Overwhelmingly, evidence has been that people who are experiencing sexual assault, who have experienced gender-based violence or domestic abuse, they are not comfortable calling the police because A, it doesn't always help a lot of times like you hear, right? Like they're, they are, you know, as the victim, they are often blamed. We have so many laws around what constitutes sexual assault and they're constantly changing. We just had the change, you know, what, a month ago, um, changing the guidelines and media reports on it in vague ways that leaves people unsure of, you know, was I assaulted, was I not? And that just creates like fear and insecurity for reporting or they're not believed. But then you also have people in power who <laughs> are, you know, sexual offenders and we allow these people to persist in these positions. And mm -hmm. that's not a kind of organization that people want to turn to. Mm -hmm. That's just one example of how, you know, there, this is a service that we expect the police to provide that maybe they are not the right people for it. And I think when it comes to defunding, like we think we need the police for so many things, but why have we given all of these tasks to a body of people that do not receive much training, mm -hmm. are armed and are expected to do the work of social workers, of, you know, psychologists and counselors and like all of these things while we at the same time defund those exact services why is it that we've both handed the budget and the responsibility for these things when you know they're just not the right person for the job like mm -hmm. you wouldn't i wouldn't ask mo you to do like a million tasks for me like ask you to do my taxes and, and pay you to do it if you're not sure how to do it rather than just hire the person who does and support mm -hmm. them instead we have a whole lot of googling on my end <laughs> turbo tax but uh no that's 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 definitely reasonable um now I, I, back back to a point that you made Baladay. you're saying that uh it starts off initially with abolish or not uh like defunding and then defunding eventually abolishment right over a period of time mm -hmm. um and i see with what you're saying rachel saying that the services essentially can be shifted to something uh, or to people that can actually do the right work. For example, um, uh, like providing the actual services that can be needed to prevent such crimes or even to treat, um, to treat, let's say, if someone had a, a mental health uh, issue and, and that you, you're going to get someone of the field that actually knows what's happening to how to deal with it and how to de-escalate it properly as opposed to someone yeah. who doesn't have that training, right? Um, I guess one thing that comes to mm -hmm. mind, I, I get questioned, is like, if it's complete abolishment, right, sometimes you get, I don't know if this is, if you guys see it this way, but sometimes you, there are just bad apples that, that will just act, um, that sometimes just needs force, like, uh, let's say, someone, someone, let's say someone who does, like, there is, uh, actual abuse going on let's say and this person is being physical like would you in those cases would you not require a little bit of police at all well would the police do in that situation sort right like if a, you think about it yeah I, th I think act sort of like a security if that makes sense kind of just be a physical presence but again that goes back to what you were saying rachel about them actually not de-escalating the issue properly and actually victimizing the victim and, yeah, or and being perpetrators themselves too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Exactly. And they are not always they are not always the people that make someone else feel safe. Yeah. Like a, a lot of us have the privilege of thinking like if I call the police they're going to support me. Mm-hmm. Me as a white woman, I think if I call the police they're going to be on my side regardless of what happens, but if I call the police and bring them into my neighborhood and there are people there that, you know, are not safe around the police, like mm-hmm. I have now put them in danger. Like that is not always uh, a protective force for a lot of people. Right. They are more often the perpetrators. And the idea that like you have to call the police to do a wellness check for someone, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they are the right people to do it, which they're not. Mm-hmm. Again, like you are bringing people into scenarios where others around them may experience violence, and oh, time and time again, they do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually, Dilshan, this reminds me of what we were talking about the Black Lives Matter episode uh, when we talked about the uh, the lady in uh, the park. Calling, yeah. uh, calling the police, or at least calling the police against the uh, the black man there, and, and saying, "I have an African African American person." Where it, we were talking about it being used as a weapon as opposed to a, a defensive force. So it really does uh, iterate what you're saying there, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And the notion that, like, you know, police are often called like after a crime is committed. It's not often before and their job is less about preventing it in that moment as much as it is the after work and the after work does not again need to be people who are given this much money are this armed it's the idea that you need such force for a lot of these tasks is unhelpful because you're you're asking for trouble when you're putting people in those spaces that are armed that do not have de-escalation tactics that you know are consistently putting their personal safety above the safety of others when mm-hmm. as you said mo like to serve and protect that's supposed to be their job mm-hmm. and if somebody walks into a situation where you know a a man in his 60s who is you know requiring support because he has schizophrenia and his family call a wellness check and he's holding a knife in his kitchen and three Mm -hmm. men armed in full gear with automatic rifles need to shoot him from his balcony door Mm -hmm. on entry you know like we're we're putting the wrong people in those situations Mm -hmm. and i understand the concern of you know what if there is that moment that you know somebody is being more violent and somebody else isn't going to be able to handle that themselves but mm-hmm. there's so how many times does that happen compared to how many times we see this happening mm-hmm. it's hard to shift the focus to those problems when we have so many others going on that are for the most part ex- being experienced by more vulnerable populations and i don't think it's fair to mm-hmm. allow them to continue going through that for the sake of the rest of our peace of mind. Mm -hmm. I see. And I think something else I also think about is that, so you were talking about how, oh, if somebody is um, being abusive, you know, who do they call? Um, I think, I think something that um, like we have to unlearn and I think it's actually really been like shoved down our throats is that, that like the police and the justice system in its car- and that like punishment is the only way to hold people accountable for their actions mm-hmm. um and i think you know it's so important to think more collectively than individual 
because I'm, I'm thinking about like a community, for example, you know, it's like what can be put in place to prevent the abuse from happening in the first place? You know, how can these people rely on community members or whoever, if, if the situation were to even go that far, how can community members um, kind of step in to mm-hmm. prevent the situation from, from ever escalating to a point of like extreme violence? Um, I remember I was speaking with a friend and we're talking about this in the context of CAS, so Children's Aid, and how, um, you know, unfortunately in Canada, we see a lot of um, uh, Black and Indigenous families being investigated. Unfortunately, all of these children are taken away from their families. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about uh, um, a community in Toronto, I believe, where it's like a predominantly Somali community. And what they actually um, end up doing was instead of CAS, like taking the child, um, they actually put the child in like some in another family in the community, like the family of like the imam, like the religious leader or something, while the investigation is ongoing or while they try to support that family um, and equip them in ways to better uh, uh, like protect and provide for their child. So the child can still be with the family and stay in a safe home. And like, I, I hope that's not like too far of a stretch, but I feel like I see that and I'm like, okay, so it's empowering the community. It's, um, you know, culturally like aware, like it's culturally sound. Mm-hmm. And we know that when a child is taken away from their family, you know, th- th- there's a whole slew of, you know, issues that unfortunately they are subject to later on in life. Or even at that moment when they're taken away, right? Like, you know, stable childhood is such a huge determinant for health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think about that in, in like the wider context of like police, right? I feel like I feel like if we can strengthen community supports more, mm-hmm. like the police truly would be up. Like they kind of already are up, but I feel like people would be able to better like see them as obsolete. Like um, when we're uh, preparing for this, um, something that came up was so I don't know if. Um, you guys like remember or have heard of it because I learned about it like a while ago was um so there was like a string there was a serial killer um in Toronto who um she was targeting members of the queer community and this happened for like almost a decade um and even though they kept reporting um you know members of the community kept reporting it to the police um they literally you know, didn't really, it was like mostly inaction. And it wasn't until much later that um, this person was convicted. And I was reading an article and it turns out that he was known to the police like years prior for like other offenses or something similar, I don't remember. Um, and that was kind of the reason why Pride um, actually, um, I think either that year or the year after or before or something, they actually like stopped um, allowing police float mm-hmm. um, in um, the parade and then Rachel also brought up another example if you want to talk about it about how they failed um, well, failed indigenous people many a time but how they failed indigenous teens mm-hmm. yeah um, I was turned on to a very very powerful book um, called Seven Fallen Feathers but it, it highlights um, again like a pattern of honestly just like for me shocking to them not so but like shocking apathy and just disregard for the lives of indigenous teens up in Thunder Bay. So many teenagers are 
brought over to Thunder Bay or, or sent by their families because they have no schools on their reserves or, or where they're living further up north or in the bush because we're not supporting that government, you know, through government funding. So the only way that they're going to get a high school education is if they go to Thunder Bay for most for most of it. And there they're exposed to a completely new world with, you know, only the supports that people at the school can provide by literally being on call like 24 7 driving around the city in vans trying to make sure that no kid is you know wandering home alone or, or out drinking sort of thing mm -hmm. and there were you know seven highlighted in the book but so many missing or murdered teens in the area and mm -hmm. the the action of the police was was completely absent they would spend you know, they would wait multiple days beyond the obligatory timelines to consider someone a missing person. Mm -hmm. There would be complete evidence pointing towards, you know, say someone having been in the river by Thunder Bay and mm -hmm. refusing to dredge it up. They would lack interviewing with complete suspects and, and immediately just rule things accidental and, you know, not fill in inquests, not do coroner investigations before saying, you know, we don't suspect any foul play, like with no investigation, just mm -hmm. over and over and over again, while community members are grieving and they're the ones like crowdfunding and mm -hmm. pulling in members of the community from up north to like help drag the river or do that themselves. Like this is a community that should be able to rely on on police force and they can't. And mm -hmm. a lot of that in, in this scenario has to do with the background of the police and like why we have policing in general. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's important to remember that like the police services we know it today came from a need to police and harass and take land from our indigenous communities back in the time of the Indian Act, right? Like that was the RCMP. Mm. And we hear about that in the States, how the police force was a product of slaves needing to be, you know, controlled and maintaining that. And here we are thinking that we're just as good when these are our backgrounds and we still have communities who are experiencing that same issue with all of their background and we're not supporting them. Mm -hmm. No, that, that, that was a lot on that. No, absolutely. <laughs> so. that, that, that shocked me. See, it's one of those things that it feels like police was one of those things that were kind of always around any, anytime since civilization was around. Like, it's one of those things that's kind of just ingrained. Um, yeah, hearing, and hear, the, the police force that we know today is not. Yeah. And, and that, that that's actually really shocking to hear. Um, and the other thing that you were mentioning is what I'm starting to see here is, and it's actually I'm really learning a lot of this, is the failure essentially of the police to protect and serve as we mentioned at the very beginning right but yeah also how it's catered to specific groups and where it's essentially ignoring those that need it the most right yeah and if that's the kind of system that we have then how's that beneficial right to to, to the majority of people and I, I guess especially with, with with for example what happened with the natives uh, what's happening with a lot of the black community, right? Um, and the indigenous community, right? It's it's that lack of their service that could be honestly be given them to them in a different different avenue, right? Mm -hmm. As you were saying. Now I wonder if you know if we defund the police, 
will those resources actually be allocated to where they should go as opposed to just helping out the majority down here you know what i mean and continue that same systemic injustice and oppression really well that's why you know that's why we're talking about it now and that's that's why you see so many petitions coming around highlighting areas of need that's why Mm -hmm. you know activists have been talking about this for so long Mm -hmm. um you brought up um the black lives matter protests and the demands that um, they Mm -hmm. made to toronto police services but i mean even just from that like if you you can google this like black lives um matter toronto defund the police demands and they have a list of 27 demands but the last several like 19 to 27 are are exclusively about where money would be reallocated in the sense Mm. of what alternatives do we think need to be seen in this community and i think there's there's value in understanding that we might not know what those alternatives look like and we not we may not personally have confidence that if we defund the police like where's the money going is it going to be used well but the answers in the room like we have members of our community who have been dealing with this who have been saying this and they're experiencing these hardships they're the ones who know what they need and and what that money should go into and it's a matter of continuing to talk to your local representatives continuing to use your voice to be heard and making sure to hold people accountable to supporting the things that they're they're saying that they want to support but take no action to do Mm-hmm. And I think something I also wanted to like maybe add on or clarify was that like yeah we're saying that the police has neglected to quote unquote protect and serve um, a lot of marginalized communities but also I think um, in addition to like actual neglect but also like, causing actual harm mm. and obviously yeah. unfortunately the most extreme form of which we've been seeing are like unfor- like literal murders like yeah. you know it's 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 like more than just I don't want to say just murder, but we see this with um how certain communities are over policed. When you're looking for crime, you're gonna like when you're looking for you know quote unquote crime, you're gonna find it. Um, you know I've I've read this article about it was in the states I think no actually it was Ontario um, about like an officer who was trying to hold other officers accountable and he just talked about how like they would do really horrible things or they would because they've been giving so much power or they would um completely brutalize um uh people that they're trying to you know arrest just so they can like charge them for something i don't know if you've watched now they see us now they see it it's about central park five it's it's on uh, netflix and um you know i didn't watch it just because i was like it's gonna be like list. very heavy but highly recommend but <laughs> you know you can see like the like their interrogation tactics mm-hmm. that they used to you know get people to to um uh admit to mar- like crimes they didn't even commit um you see in this, uh certain school board in school boards in ontario you know hamilton just had like a major win yesterday um with you know, shout out to the community organizers there who were able to get, you know, Hamilton, uh, you know, get rid of, you know, police in schools. So you see in uh, certain schools where there's uh, mostly a higher uh, population of like black, indigenous, uh, you know, youth of color, um, you see more police there. And then you see these kids say that they're unsafe. You see, you know, in Mississauga, there's a six year old girl who was handcuffed by the police. Like you have police being called on autistic kids because of quote-unquote outbursts like you know when you think you know, does it really make sense to, to, to be able to do that but i think because um 
either many people don't know mm-hmm. or because they don't know how what else to do mm-hmm. or because we've been kind of trained to see this as normal um which is like it very intentional um on the part of like the media the institution whatever but um i think that's why it's so important like to play an active role in really like learning about these alternatives and like unlearning the narrative that's been shoved down our throats for so long mm-hmm. um because yeah it's just you know i think a lot of us especially in med school are privileged right um so if we really want to you know you know appropriately serve our communities right as like healthcare providers it's important to understand what factors actually affect their health mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is such uh, a huge, I don't know, it's just so, so huge. I think like there's yeah. so many things connected to, to this ask of like defunding the police. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I always go on tangents and I forget the point I was trying to make. <laughs> no, no. I, that, okay. It, 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 it really <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. The general theme that I'm getting from this is like part of it is defunding the police, but it's also like, like really reflecting on what resources are actually needed and refunding those and. Mm-hmm. giving them more or less so you could actually address some of the root problems rather than just having a generic band-aid mm-hmm. uh, solution quote-unquote mm-hmm. with the police uh, yeah. which is actually like putting us backwards in a way mm-hmm. for yeah. with many of these like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a catchy title but like you know if it's easier to think of you yeah. know instead of defunding the police thinking about like refunding your community yeah like re- reshaping that that thought in your mind because mm-hmm. mo you you said something very specifically when we were talking about thunder bay like it's upsetting to hear that you know these issues are being ignored mm-hmm. i think it's important to consider like all the ways that the system is not broken the system is performing exactly as it should be because it was never made for a lot of the communities that are experiencing harm because of it mm-hmm. the system was mm-hmm. was made for mostly white people you know rich white people <laughs> like it was not made to serve all of these other communities and i mean mm-hmm. Voliday, like you have a ton of examples that you've mentioned and stuff in our notes and whatnot but and i we don't have time to talk about all of them but just what we consider to be a crime and what we allow police to be a part of is intentional. Mm-hmm. It's intentional to have police officers in schools because it supports mm-hmm. like the black youth and marginalized communities like the prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. And we disenfranchise entire communities because from a young age we are criminalizing these communities. Or we think about like border control and migrant justice and how we treat these people as a security issue, but we're exploiting them like the criminalization of mental illness. It should not mm-hmm. be the police who are responding to these things. And the people that are, are suffering are ones that the system was not made to protect. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. That's, that's very, that's very sad to hear. Um, and, and you know what, like with the title of how, how polarizing it may seem to be just because of the confusion behind it, but the reasoning is, sounds really, you know, it's really sad, right? And we have to do, there's something we have to do, right? You can't keep going this way. Um, so you guys mentioned there are some resources that we can look into further. Um, they, mm-hmm. And, and Balday, Rachel, thank you guys so much for, for talking on this. Um, 
that, that alone just delineating you know what it means and at least taking away some of the confusion will allow for better discussions going forward and could allow for people to talk further and actually be educated a little bit more and actually being able to provide really useful steps forward on how to improve right yeah uh, thank you guys so much mm-hmm. doshan do, 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 do you have any um questions i've been i've been so interested that i've just been hopping in a lot <laughs> yeah no I've been, I've been listening for most of this like i haven't talked too much um i guess like i did have a question from somebody but i think it was answered so mm-hmm. the question was kind of about um where the money go uh, does it mean fully abolishing or defunding so we talked about that how it's a spectrum mm-hmm. uh we talked about how the money needs to go to people who are actually um supposed to be handling some of the issues that are present rather than just shunting everything to the police who are not the right people for the job mm-hmm. um so yeah i think we that's the question i got i think we kind of covered that through the discussion um yeah. i guess a question i had personally before we go and we kind of mentioned earlier how police like they're they don't receive much training mm-hmm. um like it i guess like why for people who are giving so much responsibility like yeah. why is their training like how long is it like less than a year it's 880 hours i want to say um i can pull up some stats for you actually because it is very very interesting man um, a week felt longer than that yeah how and like the type yeah. of training like the if they're like we were saying they shouldn't be responsible for a lot of these things, but given that they are in the current system, why are they not being trained to respond to these types of issues? Yeah, no, so uh, uh, training required to be a police officer is 880 hours. Um, contrast that to a dietitian needs 900 hours and a bachelor's degree. Um, a clinical social worker receives 3,200 hours. Um, the de-escalation training for these people like is 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 nothing i it is unsurprising that they are not fit to handle all the things that society has asked them to do it's not surprising absolutely and i think it goes back to what rachel was saying right it's by design um and you know we're made to think um perhaps maybe they're also i mean why are people joining the police i mean actually that's the whole other conversation because there's like active yeah. recruitment <laughs> of certain communities but i mean uh, um but it's like i think people when they i mean maybe when they join the police or um, the military or something they think they're like helping um so like i think not only the officers in some cases but you know mostly i think people who have not um had such experiences um are made to believe that like you know they're supposed to be doing more good than harm when in fact if you look at the you know its origins the way it's currently operating it it causes much more harm than good yeah and i think that that ties into a lot of like why people say no to reform and why we're asking for steps towards like defunding Mm -hmm. and abolishing right like reform has not helped and you the idea that you can reform a system that as we said was was based on like the oppression of of certain groups you can't expect a system like that to be reworked in the same way like Valade you you made a great analogy if you wanted to share it oh oh honestly I think I saw this on Twitter or somebody told me it's like okay so like if you had 
a little seedling planting a tree, an apple tree, since we just keep liking using, keep using the apple thing. You know, all the fruit will be bad. Whether or not they may look good on the outside, they're going to be bad on the inside. And we can see this with like, um, for example, police officers being bystanders to their colleagues causing harm. We see this when um, police officers try to hold their colleagues accountable. They are um, reprimanded for that. The ones who are trying to um, hold others accountable. We just see the we see this in ways like I was reading this um, article about um, a judge who was um, supposed to investigate like a sexual assault um, case uh, perpetrated by a police officer, and um, you know. She, like she eventually resigned after that, but but essentially, um, she was saying that you know when she met with like leadership, it was implied that that officer who committed the harm, you know, should be absolved or shouldn't be held um, accountable. So, I think there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that we don't know about. But even what we do see. Oh wait, I was supposed to talk about analogy. Yeah, sorry. So if you plant a tree with a bad seed, all the fruits that come out of the tree will be bad, whether or not like. Some of them might be okay looking, but you know, at its core, it will not be healthy. Mm-hmm. We want healthy communities and healthy people and healthy mindsets and attitudes. So that's why you hear stuff like a cab and all caps are bad because you can have good people that are police officers, but inherently, all cops mm-hmm. are bad because they continue to be part of and uphold a negative, oppressive and a systematically racist force. You cannot have a good cop. You can have good people being cops. And those people, I think, are the ones that we're talking about that are trying to whistleblow and are getting shut down and, you know, are the going to be the first people that eventually leave this kind of situation. But it's, yeah. Mm, I see, especially, so that's that's actually the thing I really want to, the very, the last point that you're mentioning there, it's, See, after this conversation, it's now it's reasonable, ooh, the conclusion as to why one could see all police is bad, essentially. But I think a lot of people just see that statement first. And yeah. without the context mm. behind it, and that's when anger ensues. That's when the whole us versus them mentality ensues. And how could you be a rational person for saying all people are bad, like all people or a certain group are bad, even though, you know, but I, I, I totally see what you're, you're saying now. You're saying essentially yeah. it's the system that's bad. The person behind the, the the outfit might be fine, but it's the outfit itself, the job itself. That, yeah, the blue shirt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally. Yeah, I'm just that. looking and, uh, in like Rachel on your camera. I see like a Captain America poster <laughs> back there. Like, yo, some of these police look like that. Man, like, the, the, I know their gear and their shields <laughs> yeah. and stuff like. Man, how, how how militarized that they can they can get is it's beyond me. Yeah, but yep. also if you think about it, right? That's actually part of the messaging, right? We yeah. see these like superheroes who look like cops, who we believe that they're good. Like, I mean, look how popular Paw Patrol is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the messaging is so strong. So if you start like looking into it, it's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Actually. And you're like, damn, you know, I thought I had a mind of my own, but then you realize <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you have mind of your own, but there's a lot of stuff going in there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's too much to talk about like how militarized the police are and all the different services. And I think we're seeing a lot of footage of that in the States and how 
how clearly that is being used to mm -hmm. oppress people. And I think you can, everyone can find that that information and that footage for themselves and see it for themselves. But it, it's you can't deny that like this is a group of people that have been given too much responsibility, too much leash, and too many too weapons. Much power. Mm -hmm. Too much power. Yeah. This is not a group that makes me feel safe, and I don't think it's a group uh. that makes a lot of people feel safe. And mm -hmm. uh, in medicine, we still have a lot of work to do too. Padma brought up like a very interesting point that um, I know we are way over time, but I just want to mention like with George Floyd, after everything that happened, um, like medicine has a role in a lot of this too. Like we think about autopsies being performed, how quickly in the news did it come out that he had hypertension? Oh, he yeah. had coronary artery disease. They alluded to the fact that yeah. he may have had into, like toxins in his system that could have attributed to the fact that he died after a man had his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And they used that to reduce the blame on this cop yeah. and say that there's no evidence of asphyxiation or strangulation. And it wasn't until mm -hmm. there was major backlash from you know, the public, but also the, the larger scientific community that they did for their inquest and another, like another autopsy. And mm -hmm. those results completely deemed it a homicide. That's like okay. it is so intertwined in all that we do. Like the idea that these things are criminalized, it, it is, yeah. there's so much relearning that we need to do. It's scary that like even evidence doesn't really matter. Like there's literally like a video of, everything and mm -hmm. yeah. it doesn't mean anything yeah, people in power can just like screw with the screw with the results and come up yeah. with bogus interpretations mm -hmm. and the need to defend the system like how powerful that is mm. the need to defend what 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 they already know and what you you know like you know you're defending one of your own and you're like you know but he like why we have to go and look into all that extra information it didn't help it doesn't it doesn't it, it just detracts away from this information right like yeah. as you're saying the autopsy showing this this and how fast i came like that's just but if you see the video it's you, you can clearly see how appalling that is yeah. eight minutes and 46 seconds that's and the guy's begging for his life he's begging mm -hmm. for his uh dead mother you know that's that was too much but Rachel Balladay, yeah. thank you guys so, so much. Thank you guys so, so much for coming on and talking about this. I know, yeah, we, we have gone over time, but it is, it is an important topic. Um, yeah. and, and that's the, hey, that's the beauty of the podcast. You know, it's long form. This might just be a longer episode. So what? Watch it. Skip. Go, go to whatever you want to watch, right? But the yeah. information is here. And you know that, and that's the other issue. A lot of times you don't see, like anytime you watch news, I know I'm pointing at a TV. I don't actually have news on this TV, but you, you watch it for like a minute. You don't actually get enough information, right? Because yeah. everything's so short. That's, that's the beauty of this. So no, no, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that. appreciate this. And can I, can I say a quick, quick point? Uh, something that you said earlier, Rachel, that really resonated with me because I've seen it yeah. in person. Ice HC, Ice HC for those who aren't in our class or aren't in medicine. Um, it's uh, going out to do home community visits, community visits, and seeing uh, essentially healthcare in the community. Now, one of the things that I saw was a community uh, center that housed um, folks that had um, uh, developmental delays or uh, developmental differences, right? 
um, that oftentimes we saw in high school, for example, they had, you know, a separate class and whatever, but in, in the world, we forget what that's, what happens, like what, what happens next, right? You kind of forget that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the thing is some of these folks, um, in, in certain situations may seem aggressive, may seem violent. And a lot of these folks are denied basic healthcare services for that reason. And a lot of these folks also get police officers on them and get, you know, situations get escalated Mm -hmm. unnecessarily. And the person who was showing us that essentially the the, the situation, he's uh, the the occupational therapist there and the the worker, he was imploring to us how how little money they have, first of all, and and how little money they have to actually support these people. And two, the fact that they're ignored. He's saying, man, if I was there for a lot of these situations, right, I could have been there to help and actually de-escalate the situation. I've dealt with these kind of people and I know what works and I know what doesn't work versus all the bullshit that's been going on. So I remember seeing that and that was one of those extremely, extremely moving things. And I didn't actually piece this together until this conversation that we had. So um, I say to our listeners, try, try, try to listen, at least look into your life and see examples or when people have talked about situations that could have been de-escalated or look into examples that you've had police interactions in the past good or bad and just think about what that means to you and what's happened and what could have been better what could have been worse etc yeah. um and yeah. yeah for our listeners can can they hit you guys up for more information about this topic i i would say there are like, I, I understand why we are on this podcast because we are medical students in this class, but I would encourage you to, you know, look outside your own circles and open yourself up to the huge, vast sea of, of Black and Indigenous people of color who have been talking about this for a long time and who, you know, are the people that are teaching my, for me, I know for myself, I, I, probably you know could say the same for holiday but that have been talking about this for a long time and we are here to amplify what they are saying but i think it does everyone a great service to continue reaching out and broaden your social media broaden the books that you read like seek out these voices and seek to amplify their words Mm -hmm. um if you want sources i can point you to those but (laughs) perfect and we'll link those in our description and in our posts and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, please, thank please, you guys so much. Please, please read those posts, please. So, so again, agree, disagree, whatever. That's okay. <laughs> this, that's, the, no, that's the thing. That's what I want to say. Agree, disagree, whatever. All the power to you. As long as you're thinking about it and you're actually understanding why you agree and why you disagree, that's really, really, really important. That's how we have real discussion. That's how we have real change. You know, you may have a reason you uh, disagree, and and then we can discuss that, and then we can start looking for the real answer behind that, right? So I, I, I that's that's really where it comes down. So please read the sources, though, so you actually have a reason, <laughs> and it's not just oh they said this and they said that we should do it. No, it's you you think. You know, we all have to think. We all have to um, uh, have a real understanding of what's going on. You're in quarantine. Not a lot else to do this summer. <laughs> Start becoming actively anti-racist and anti-police brutality. No better yes. time. Also, arrest mm-hmm. Brianna Taylor's murders, please. Yes, that that yes. yeah, that's a topic that never really gets brought up actually. But yeah, thank thank you guys so so much. Um, thank you. 
and you know thank you for having us one thing that you said rachel is uh because we're you we, we wanted you guys because you were in our class no you guys are just people that we're really comfortable <laughs> talking to um we're really like we know you guys are active in this topic um and no we, we just we, we like having you guys on and baldy we've already had you for an episode rachel will have you one day just as rachel rachel <laughs> curie and, uh, <laughs> for a, a more lighthearted episode. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, well, thank you both. Thank you guys for that. And uh, let's move on to. Dilly, you gotta help me pronunciation of the name. <laughs> Alright, guys. Let's roll the intro. <laughs> Thanks so much. And. <laughs> Yo, and we're back. Uh, just had that segment with Rachel and Baladay. Um, if you tune in this far, thanks for listening. And now we're here with the the main guest for the podcast. Uh, it's one of my closest friends, my boarders. And we will give him a very, very special introduction. You ready? Right. You ready to roll it? Let's do it. Five. Four, three, two, one. Sharma. <laughs> Mr. Sharma representing. <laughs> Say hello. Straight to the motherland. Hello, hello. How's it going? I wish you guys could see it. This is the world's biggest Indian national anthem gathering, and there's so many people. <laughs> <laughs> like legit like world record or what is it i think it's a world record it's um i don't know why but it's it's, it's tagged as india gate oh is it uh is it like a big arch uh i don't see any arch i just see a bunch any of people arch? in white shirts this is beautiful though true yeah, were you there bro <laughs> me yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I ran it i ran it <laughs> yo true 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 yeah, we got Maros in the building. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I know he's been been asking me for a while. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while, but we finally finally got it over here. Uh, you can't good. see him, but he's he recently is rocking uh, the bandana look. Mm. So can you tell us more about that? My hair is way too long because of COVID. I can't get a haircut. Don't really feel like cutting my own hair, so it's kind of my only choice. I know saying this matter. Are you are you yeah. staying in Toronto these days, or are you outside? I'm in uh, in Saga, Miss Saga. Okay. I was in uh, in the states for the last three months. Oh, weird, weird. Because I know they I know they got the barbershops open up now. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be packed. I'm, still, yeah, I'm like I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna wait like another year <laughs> to get a haircut. <laughs> oh, <I bet. laughs> we can go like Mohammed and just go bald. Yo, get the Caillou look. <laughs> You're rocking that guy. You're, that Dar- you're rocking that Darius. Oh yes, Dad. Oh yes, no Daddy. <laughs> Yo, you hate Caillou as much as us? Oh, listen. I have no problem against anybody. I have no look, look, look. This podcast is a safe space for everybody. But if you like Caillou, get out of here. You're done. <laughs> we're on the same page on Yeah, man. What is this guy? What a waste of time. <laughs> Yo, what if we got Caillou on the podcast one day? Yo, no, I. I... Delete my episode then. I don't even want to be associated. 
There's Caillou. Oh god. Yo, that's actually Caillou. Yeah, that's Caillou. Caillou. <laughs> Yo, the girl who voiced him apparently died. Wait, it was Yo. a girl that voiced him? Yeah, it was a girl. Yo, that's but sad. my source for that you is are fake like, news. Yeah. <laughs> why would you bring this why would you why would you bring this up and make it so dark, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're, we're just out here shitting on Caillou, man. You can't just come in with that. <laughs> yeah, we, could, we could continue to shit on Caillou. It doesn't change Yo, anything. Yo, it's not even Caillou. It's the voice actor died. Yo, that's like that's so sad. <laughs> genuinely sad. Yeah, but the character sucked. How'd she die? You know, a car accident or thing. Oh, that's sad. Oh. That's sad. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I was, about yeah, to play the, I was about to play the coronavirus soundbite, but I'm like, that's too disrespectful, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I bet you a lot of listeners uh, are like myself and haven't met Manraj before. Like, it's going to give me a little bit of introduction. You gotta, yeah, who, who, who is Manraj? Manraj, who are you, bro? <laughs> who am I? I'm a brown dude. Oh. That's pretty much it. Let, let me get no, that I'm national a, uh... anthem back up. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what about me? I don't know. I'm uh, 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 I'm clearly Indian. I'm also in medicine. Nope. Two years ahead of these guys. Uh, right? Two years. Yeah, two years. Yep. And uh, I've known Dilshan since I was in grade six. We played on the same basketball team, and then we went to the same high school after. So known him most of my life. And same uh, undergrad. Same yeah, same undergrad. Oh man. Uh. I don't know what else is there about me. Word. I've lived in a lot of places. I don't know. Where were you born? India. Yes. Yeah, so he was part of that national anthem <laughs> that we heard earlier. He's just a fetus uh, in the background. Yeah. You know, tell us about your like. You moved around a lot, so. Yeah, I was born, and I, I've, I've probably told this story like too many times, but I've. It's like my. It's my token answer for tell me something about yourself that no one knows. But I was I was born in India and then I moved to Australia when I was like three months old. Lived there for like four and a half, five years, and then moved to the States, and then moved to Canada, moved around Canada a few times. Ended up in Windsor where I met Bill Sean, and then went to Mac for undergrad and now uh, Med. But uh, yeah, I kind of moved like ten times I think total. So wow, decent number of times. Dang. That's yeah. That's a lot of moving, man. I, I, I like. I wonder what the, what the, what's the, what's the, like. What's that been like for you? I guess like you don't have any other experience, maybe. But like, do you do you find yourself still wanting to move around later on? Like as you get outside of medicine, or do you want to stick to one spot now? So I feel like I feel like I want to stay in one spot for like my kids and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I'm so used to just moving every few years that like the most time I spent was in Windsor. It was almost ten years, but mm. like. Uh, after that, like every every moment, like for you know undergrad, I moved, med, I moved. I'm probably gonna not end up in the same place in residency, and then after that, probably move. So I'm not afraid of moving, but I would kind of like to experience staying in one place for kind of longevity for my kids and stuff like that. But I don't know, that's still a ways away. So mm-hmm. yeah, true. So we're talking about so the topic of med came up, and it's probably really interesting for us now since you're in the two T one class. Um, and you got kind of the butt end of this COVID situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for our listeners, our international listeners who may not be aware, uh, what happened to you guys from COVID? So, yeah. So I'm in my third year, which means I'm in my 
uh, clinical rotations. Uh, so rotating around in each specialty. And I was about halfway through my year. I had just come back from my kind of mid-year March break and I was starting up on a new rotation. Had that for about a week. We were taken out initially for a couple of weeks. And then as the situation evolved with coronavirus, they basically sent us out for three months, which is concluding in July, beginning of July. And that's when we're going to start up again. Um, but basically our whole timeline got shifted. Same with every other school in Canada. Everyone's timeline got shifted. Our application to residency, our residency interviews, all that got shifted by a few months. Hopefully at this rate, we'll still graduate on time, but you know, you never know if there's a second wave, you don't know what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah. Wait, interesting. So the application for residency, I can imagine for, for those above that got that shifted, but do you think it's like, like it might be shifted for you guys too? Because yeah, it's shifted for us. Yeah. It's shifted for us. Yeah. Because, mm. uh, now we were, we we're supposed to finish third year at the end of August, but now we're finishing it in middle of November. Yeah. And usually you would submit residency applications in November. So now that's going to be like February. Mm. So everything's kind of, kind of pushed off. Um, oh. So are you missing stuff, like missing like certain rotations, or is it just condensed? No, it's, it's condensed. So they still have every rotation. You still have to complete every rotation because every school has to comply with certain guidelines across the country for every every kind of graduating medicine has to do a certain number of rotations in certain specialties. So we have to still hit that, and they're making it so they truncated certain rotations by like a week or two weeks um, uh -huh. so that we can still fit that. But... Uh, that's assuming that you know there isn't a second wave because right now we'll still do every rotation, but you know there's no, there's no real way to predict this right now, so it's kind of mm -hmm. just getting ready to go back into it and see what happens. Yeah. Do you guys have any restrictions? Uh, I think I think every med student again, like this is I don't think this is UT specific, but every med student across Canada I think generally is not treating COVID positive patients but we'll be expected to evaluate anybody with like COVID suspected symptoms like respiratory symptoms or viral kind of general viral symptoms just because like you can't go through clerkship and not learn how to deal with that so um, but if someone's confirmed COVID they, they won't let you and I'm sure that some electives and things like that are going to be um, kind of stopped like we're not gonna be able to do the same electives that we would have before depending on the population um, and also, uh, this is not new. This is kind of across Canada too. There's no visiting electives anymore. So every school has to do electives in their own new school now. So that's kind of the biggest, biggest change. Yeah. Yeah, Mo, were you going to say something earlier? I, I cut you off. Uh, I can't, there was a question. I can't recall exactly, but I guess how, how, like, how has this whole situation felt for you though? Like what's it, what's it been like the past couple months? Uh, I think in the beginning it was, it was a lot of kind of, anxiety slash relief at the same time like anxiety in the sense of like i don't know when i'm gonna head back i'm in the middle of kind of in this zone of being a clerk and like i have my routine i have my kind of method of studying and all that stuff and then all of a sudden it's like oh you're gonna be out for x number of time oh that's extended to three months and like when it first came out that we're gonna be gone for three months like that's a that's a like a quarter of a year you're like i don't, I don't know what i'm gonna do with my time and then slowly it became like an opportunity, I think, for everybody to kind of take a step back, reflect and like do things that they were missing out on and spend time with family and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of been like a, a mix of different emotions of like, you know, not wanting to lose out on my education, but also, you know, being happy for the 
and grateful for the things that I have and being able to spend time doing those things. So it's yeah. kind of a weird mix of those things for sure. Kind of like a double-edged sword kind of thing. Like, you know, on one hand you have yeah. this, but there are the benefits to it. Like a little, little bit of a summer break kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have had a summer break otherwise, so I yeah. guess that's one benefit of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have got to the opportunity to, you know, change up your look and get the bandanas going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to grow my hair out for a few years, so this is like a there good go. opportunity, I guess. Yeah. I had a big, huge beard before this too, but I got rid of that, so. Yeah, we were both yeah, was... rocking, the, rocking the shaggy manes, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had a question. Um, oh yeah, so from my understanding of how clerkship works, like some students have certain rotation schedules, others have different, like a different rotation schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, has that made a difference in terms of like some people being affected more than others in terms of like, uh, getting to do certain things before versus after COVID? Yeah, because I think all the rotations are truncated, like every single one, just because just to um, make the timeline the same. So like. For example, internal medicine, surgery are generally like uh, eight week rotations, but now they're six week rotations and like family is a six week rotation, but now it's a five week rotation. So they've kind of truncated it for everyone. So I'm guessing if you wanted to do something like surgery or internal medicine and and you were lucky enough to have that before COVID break started, then you could have had those two extra weeks or extra week or whatever. And and the other thing is like now there's definitely going to be less patient population patient volume for clerks to see just because of you know there's not as many patients coming into hospital and a lot of it's gonna be virtual care so i think the the way people are learning the way people are going to interact with those specialties is going to be very different um so i i guess if 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 you were lucky enough to have rotation early on in a specialty that you want to do it's probably more advantageous but i mean we're kind of all in the same boat across the country and kind of across the world honestly so kind of just take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. so actually i'm curious like because see now you're in the boat where you're actually practicing you're doing stuff you're doing like real clerkship where a lot of us in like in first year we don't know what the heck's actually going on and there's some people mm-hmm. that you know they're, they're gunning they're choosing certain paths and they want to do certain things but i hear a lot of times the changes in the clerkship i wonder for you like has, has that happened and like what have you wanted to do in the wanted to do in the past and what do you want to do now? Yeah, and that oh, kind yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, relates to Paulo, one of Paulo's questions, his many questions. Uh, which specialty are you in? Oh, this man's throwing me. There you go, Paulo. <laughs> Throw me right there. There you go, Paulo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, I, I, I think a lot of people end up changing their mind in clerkship just because, uh, you know, you even if you shadow extensively, do research extensively in a field, like have connections and stuff until you're actually doing the work on a day-to-day you really don't know what it's like and uh like i know you know countless people that that change their mind and i'm one of those people so i've always wanted to do surgery for a really long time Mm. like even before med school i wanted to go to med school to do surgery just because i like working my hands i like procedural things and then you know i i was kind of quote unquote gunning for that early on and then doing research and getting involved in things like that and then slowly and slowly even before clerkship i was like uh, maybe I don't know I'll change my mind or whatever and then I kind of slowly have adapted more to non-surgical specialty and still trying to get a balance of procedural things and stuff like that I'm still still this late in the game honestly like I have a few options that I'm not 100% sure of and, and mm-hmm. COVID definitely is not helping that because I hopefully would have figured that out by now um, but I feel like 
it's it's really really common like people say that they change their mind and i remember when i was in first and second year i'm like oh these people are just saying this they definitely knew it like not like the, like the vast majority of people like change their mind when they go to clerkship mm -hmm. so it's uh yeah it's, it's it's definitely like just take the time in the first two years to just explore but clerkship is a time when you'll actually figure out like what you want to do for sure yeah so um oh and paul's you... question what do i want to do yeah. uh what's on your list right now what's on my list i really like emergency medicine uh, i like internal medicine uh, there's parts of both that i don't really like i was looking forward to family medicine uh just because i feel like it's a very um broad spectrum of, of practice and i like that idea of being a jack of all trades um but uh unfortunately my family is one of the rotations that kind of got a little bit uh, pushed off because of covid so hopefully i get a good experience when that happens but i, I haven't had it yet so i don't know um, but i'll probably be leaning towards one of those three most likely so a pretty big switch from what i wanted to do before man you have no idea how reassuring that sounds to us okay or you may because you you were in our position before <laughs> <laughs> yeah i trust i know man i know it's uh just enjoy the first two years yeah okay. did you hear about those like if you're gunning for something like really really like niche or whatever competitive then you have to start early on but yeah, yeah. how do you start early on if you don't know like... yeah I, I think obviously like those those few subspecialties that you, everyone knows about like the really competitive mm -hmm. like there's so many factors involved in those that like yeah it probably most likely it would help you if you started early on but i think most specialties that aren't those like you know derm plastics opto those types of things like as long as you can sell it, like I've heard so many stories of people switching their mind and going into like a surgical specialty or whatever, or like some type of emerge or something like that. So I, I, I mean, I don't know yet because I haven't gone through the process, but I've yeah. heard both sides of the story as well. Cool. I got another question for you real quick. Yeah. Now, see right now as a student in first year, like right off the first day of class, like after the first week of class, family's already coming to me with issues. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I have this thing on my foot. Can you help me out? And obviously, right. I can't help. I don't know what the heck's going on. I just told him, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe it's something in your uh, your developmental period. Um, <laughs> the, the sperm, the sperm is uh, uh, was still, didn't capa capacitate or <laughs> I can't even remember anything anymore. Well, I got I got to review material. <laughs> but like, do you feel now you're at a point where it's like if family talks to you, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you do. Yeah, this is the issue. I mean, like. Definitely more than first and second year, but like, <laughs> like definitely not to the degree where I'm like, oh yeah, just tell me what's going on. I got you. Like, no, definitely not to that degree. But I, I feel more comfortable with at least like understanding. I guess if someone points out something to me, but like, there's been times where like, you know, I haven't done my pediatrics rotation yet, and like my my nephews will be having a cold or something, and my cousins will come up and be like, oh, like, what's going on with them? I'm like, no idea. Can't yeah. help you. Like, take him to the doctor. So I, I yeah, you definitely get more familiar, but uh, mm -hmm. like, I, I'm not at that point yet where I'm that comfortable. Um, then you have like me coming at you with like my family's stuff too. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely helpful. Like, you can at least understand kind of what's being shown to you. Whether that translates to knowing what to do, like, definitely not at that point yet. But I mean, yeah, if you if you show me a case, I'll have some idea of what's kind of some approach, but. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I've I had that even before getting into my school, like family coming to me with like 
question and stuff because like i was i guess like the closest one out of everyone else it's like uh eh, like well, you're close enough like just ask yeah. yeah yeah definitely didn't have that on my side and they're like ah you don't know anything you're, you're not even on this no. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, i think you have depression i think that's what you have <laughs> <laughs> no, i like the embryology i think that's more likely <laughs> like definitely everything it. starts yeah. with development right yep ah, there you go mike wiley you gotta you get got to it. the root of the problem mike wiley yeah, yeah. shout out to oh, mike man. wiley the, the, goat, me- the goat yeah the mesonephric duct and all that stuff oh, yo man <laughs> the, what was it what was this called fomite no, no what was it called it's those little like those twelve, those twelve little things on the side yeah, of the vertebrae. Somite, somite, somite. One letter somite. off. Oh my You're god! Right. I said, why did I say fomite? I think it's <laughs> somite. Splanchnic mesoderm. I got all those Splank questions wrong in the exam. Oh That's man, I, I, can I trust? <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Uh, but on the topic of, um, I feel like you were kind of giving us some gems a little bit. Um, it, I guess on the fly. But there's a question from, uh, you guessed it, Paulo, once again. Uh, <laughs> surprise. What is your advice for the incoming 2T2s entering clerkship? Oh. This man this man wants advice off the record and on the record. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Uh, advice for 2T2s, honestly, like, try to just, uh, try to do as much as you can. Like, like uh, be happy to get involved and like if someone's doing a procedure that you haven't seen before make sure you go and see it and like don't don't shy away from any opportunities uh definitely try to balance yourself and like meet up with friends like i'm sure in the first two years you'll develop like a good group to be with and like even if you're not in that group for your clerkship just like you know stick with your friends and and and, you know don't be afraid to take some time to like go out to dinners and stuff like that like it's not the end of the world like you don't need to study every single night um and like i don't know embrace the uh the the failures i'd say like me and doshan talk about this a lot about like the importance of failing and i feel like a lot of people in med don't have that experience really and i remember on a, a previous podcast you guys were kind of talking about a similar thing of I think it was your first or one of those podcasts of like kind of having that experience before of like rejection and failure and things like that in the past. And I feel like that's a really important skill to have. And if you're not really prepared for that to happen in clerkship, it can definitely be draining, but like it happens to everyone. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then also biggest advice is don't do any work the summer before. Just chill. Thank do you. Do not study the summer before. Do not study the summer before. You heard Absolutely it here. Absolutely useless. Thank you. Absolutely useless. You heard it here at Shoot the Ship. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just join us on the cruise, yo. Head, head out to sea with sh- the ship. <laughs> Pop down your anchor. No, thank you so much for just and listen that. to this on anchor. No, on anchor. Yo, like, oh, that's I, true. I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame anybody for doing it. I, I don't, I won't knock on anybody for doing it. I'm sure some people it helps, but man, like, the problems in clerkship is not the content. Like, sure, you'll get pimped and you'll get like 90% of things wrong, but it's like the hardest part of clerkship is like the workflow and you can't learn that over summer so you just got to do it mm-hmm. uh, really quick i just want to point out pimped getting pimped on the on, on, in the in the work field is not what you may think it is if you're outside of medicine and don't understand what pimping means pimping is not you know pi i'm a pimp whatever that's why i can't remember it. <laughs> I don't know what you heard, heard it, hey no no get, get, <laughs> get it out of me 
<laughs> Alright, but uh, but <laughs> getting pimped means to get put in my place kind of thing, right? That's what it stood for. Yeah. And, and that's, oh, when, that's what it stands for. True, yeah, true, yeah. True. yeah, see, you gotta know what's happening. If you don't know the roots, how are you gonna do anything? But um, no, the uh, that's when your 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 whoever who's teaching you asks you questions on the fly on the spot and is asking you essentially. That's what getting pimped means. It's not getting what what you think it may be. You're getting grilled. You're getting barbecued. Yes. <laughs> Barbecue chicken. Yeah. But, Actually, uh, speaking on the topic of failure, I really do want to ask you because this is this is. And sorry to put you in your place, in your place, in on spot. That's not in your place. <laughs> what the hell? But on spot. But like, well, I'm curious. What's one of the greatest failures that you have experienced, or at least that's changed the way you do things from clerkship? Oh, from clerkship specifically. Yeah. Um. Biggest failures. Um. I gotta think through my list. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I got too many. No, I, I, I think the one that always sticks out to me, and a lot of my my friends know about this. Like, uh, I had a uh, on uh, one of my earlier rotations. I don't want to divulge all the details, but I had a, mm-hmm. a a bad bad interaction with a specific preceptor, for, mm-hmm. and I was with them for for a decent amount of time, and it really reflected really poorly in my in my evaluations and and kind of really messed up my my psyche and i i mean i wasn't sleeping well i wasn't doing well i wasn't like focusing properly like i was getting everything wrong it was it was really really bad and then i kind of like i remember i went home after that that kind of stretch like to my parents i talked to them and they kind of put me gave me some sort of perspective i went back and i was kind of like all right i i I didn't vibe with this person. I didn't do well, but there were things that I could control. Let me target the things that I can control. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of put that to work after that and kind of just like tried not to let even bad interactions harp down on me because like that, it can really, really get rough. Mm-hmm. But you kind of just have to, I don't know, I, I thought you just have to take criticism and take failures as just like, it's, it sounds so cliche, but honestly, just take it as an opportunity to, to figure out what you can control out of that situation, mm-hmm. change what you can control, and then forget about the rest. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's pretty much what I applied across the board. Then every time that I messed up something after that point, I kind of tried to use that same framework, and it became a lot easier. Mm-hmm. That's not to say you should be striving to fail, because <laughs> obviously not, but, like, it makes it easier when you do. Yeah. So it's like it's like striving to do stuff that's that you could fail in like don't be afraid of failure itself it's like yeah yeah i think i've heard that quote before it was like what is it like uh even if like the, like the person you don't agree like you don't agree with what the person's saying or whatever it's like even if there's five like there may be just five percent of something true in what they said but even then they're like they're that five percent is the thing that you could be like looking in and try to work on not cool man appreciate mm-hmm. that I think it's a skill too. I feel like there's some people who probably struggle with that. Like they hear the like, slightest like criticism and then it like messes them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably be like that honestly when I start. Uh, but yeah, I think it's something that probably like a muscle you practice it and yeah. get better. Hopefully, yeah. You gotta be humbled. You gotta keep getting humbled. Yeah. yeah. Sit down. Be humble. Sit down. Be humble. Uh, yeah, we talk about you know, workflows. If you you're interested in learning about workflow, uh, we talked about bubble flow in the last episode. I'm gonna drop it and pop it and pop it. Drop Check it. out some E40. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so part of our new segment here, one time segment for 
uh, called E40. Uh, we get our guests to do their best E40 impression. Oh. <laughs> Should we play you a little E40 to kind of give you an idea of what he sounds like right now, just to, to refresh the memory? Or sure, you, sure. I think you're cool. All right. Dilly, what, what E40 should we play? The That clip I sent you. On Yo, the, oh, hold on. there was a there was like one line that we used to listen to over and over again of E40. Do you remember? It was like... I don't remember. Yo, what was this? Oh, Dilly, I lost that E40. But it's okay. I got I got a different E40. All right? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I got a different... <laughs> Man, the guy up and drop it, pop it, pop. Ooh, he's not rolling. He's in my way. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody do it better than Dilshed so far. There was one song that we used to make. What was this? I remember, like, there was a fabulous line we were we were bugging out about. Oh, was this the Royce song? The Royce and Fabulous song? Oh, it was like a sneeze or shit or something. Something about assholes. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Is she it? I'm an asshole. Why? Cause I don't give a shit. <laughs> say, you say I'm an asshole. Why? When I don't give a yo, shit. Yo, you said that line for like four years straight. Hold on, hold on. What is that? What is that? E40 and who? This... Rolls Royce? No, this is this is what. Rolls Royce is a car, this is bro. A... No, this is a fab fabulous. Royce the five nine featuring fabulous Jada Kiss and some other dude. Uh, uh, I think Pusha T's on there too. Um, yeah. There's a line Fab Fab said. He's like, "She said I'm an asshole. How? When I don't give a shit." And we just thought that was like the corniest like Dilshan level pun ever. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, so, oh, so. oh! Question, Man Rush. How long has Dilly been doing these puns? Because this guy is pun city. He doesn't. <laughs> oh man, man. Honestly, I think it's he. I think it started probably fourth year undergrad or third year undergrad when he like really got into it and like uh-huh. embraced it. But since then, it's been like exponential. Like, there's not a sentence that goes by now. Like, I can look through my text; every reply is a pun mm-hmm. or or some type of like pun type thing. It, it's usually pretty good, but there's sometimes where I just my head. I just, I go like, oh, Dill, I expected that. <laughs> <laughs> She laugh anyways. Uh, you're gonna be such a dad, bro. I'm trying. Okay. Oh yes, daddy. Oh, oh, oh yes. I'm actually trying to get the E40 line, uh, a good E40 line for you to listen to. Um, I, I'm just trying to find out what verse he's on on this song. Okay, he's verse two. All right, this should be E40 right here. Are you ready? All right. Got a million things on my mind. Oh, is, is there even music playing? Nope. There's no music on this one. There. No. Uh, yeah, welcome to Shoot the Shit Podcast Technical Difficulty number one. Should she choose him as her decision? Free my niggas in prison. On the phone with a big Hillary. Hillary got a blunt. Alright, that's all we can give you because Shoot the Ship's going to get shut down. Yo, this is, this is like a different type of E40 flow. It's a different this is like yeah, a, that, yeah. yeah, that's, that's I, I, I dig that. Yeah. So it's like usual, like, when I sat in the parking lot, like, ooh. Oh, you did it! <laughs> 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 I, gotta, uh, I found I found the original one. I'll send it back to you. Yeah. The one I I recorded a clip. I was listening to some E40 after that episode. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll play this out. Ready? What is this? Oh, this is what you said. Just to give you an idea, man, this guy is legit recording his laptop <laughs> with a video video <laughs> shot. So the quality is gonna be amazing. <laughs> Oh, Dilshed, I'm glad no, you. I'm I'm glad you got the soundboard all set. 
Actually, speaking of E40 Munrise, what, what kind of music are you jamming right now? Who, if you can name me an artist right now that's been claiming your mind so far. All you gotta do is look at the T. Oh, wait, no, it's not. I get angry. Oh, oh, oh. You see on the t shirt? I see four. four Oh, no, I can't read anything, bro. You can't read it for your eyes only. No, I'm, I'm uh, I, uh, I don't know. I have an interesting music taste. I listen to a lot of brown music, um, like a lot of classical brown music, a lot of, kind of Bollywood music and stuff. But in terms of like Word. Western music, I'm a huge hip hop fan, as Doshan knows. Uh, you know, everything pretty much like classic '90s, everything leading up, like I don't. Okay. I just listen to a lot of stuff. I think, little Zan. I think I might have the best song. Oh, God, please no. N- number one song for you right now, right here. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. That's loud, bro. That's tearing <laughs> my ears, man. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, this is the uh, what we call the Indian Michael Jackson. Prabhudeva. Even though he's not Indian. He's Sri Lankan, isn't he? I don't know. <laughs> what is this? It's the thing back in high school, Benny Lava. Oh, the one that you sent me like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, I only have this song memorized based off of what he sounds like he's saying in English. Have you been high today? I see that I'm uh, I, I used to jam that song so much back in high school. <laughs> yeah, I said, dude, my ringtone in grade ten was dead ass. The... Oh, yeah, I walked in. I think when I was in that class. I walked yeah, in the class was. late. Oh, I was just God. blasting that song, like completely disrupting the teacher and everything. <laughs> was this French class? This Hamzy. We were we were in the same. We were in the same. Or it might have been. Class. Might have been grade no, eleven. We were in the same as you guys. What am I talking about? No, this was grade ten. Yeah, we were in the same. Well, you guys went back. To, yeah, you guys in high school all the way back to each other, right? I'm curious. Yeah. What, Dilshan told us what he was like in high school a little bit. I'm curious, Manaraj, can you uh, can you can you back us up? What, what what was he like in high school? What was Dilshan like in high school? Yeah, was he a, was he a playboy? First, first, first let me hear. And I need to hear what what did you say you were like in high school? Because I don't want to contradict this. I don't remember what Look I said. Dilshan's nervous. That's the, point, <laughs> <laughs> That's the point for you to to. All right, let's let's compare. Okay, so I think Dilshan was a very. Uh, just like now, he's a very social dude. He always he was in a lot of pockets. He talked to a lot of people at the same time, which is a very good thing. Uh, uh, he, uh, I think, in the beginning, he was like like example that he was, he was he was like a little joker in in, in certain contexts. Super uncle. Some jokes are not okay, bro. So some of them are completely not right. Oh man, Super Uncle. God, oh, Super yeah. Uncle. I, I googled this man. guy. I googled. I found Super <laughs> Uncle on my own, and I'm like, "What is this?" <laughs> Dude, that would not fly in any other class besides that. One. <laughs> I don't even know how I ended up in those videos, man. I wasn't even in those classes. <laughs> <laughs> I swerved my way in. Uh, what else about Doshan? He uh, 
he he was not as open in terms of his artistic abilities back then, for sure. Mm-hmm. That is something that he's much more open with now. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, I knew that he had those abilities back then, but he, he just didn't show it to the same degree. Doshan's blushing, everybody. I know you can't see it on the camera. Doshan's, Doshan's blushing and, and has a, yeah, looks shy. <laughs> Yo, nobody can hear you just huddling over like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> the point. I'm hiding from our listeners, bro. It's just, it's just a pause yeah, in the just... audio. <laughs> uh, I'm going to mute the audio, then they won't be able to hear me. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, there's one prank in math class that was like so inappropriate I, I don't think i can even talk, talk about it out here but it involved jody and a substitute teacher remember remember jody yeah i remember jody but what did you what oh there's you... like a uh, okay yeah, i know i know i know i remember now kind of we did a lot of stuff mm. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have career we have cut, car- cut it in post. Yeah, we have career. We, we, yeah. we have careers ahead of us that we have to worry about. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, let's cut, cut all that out in post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, actually, if you're gonna cut this in post, what, what, what did you do? Should I just say no? Yeah, just say. It. Like, yo, I can't do anything. Uh... <laughs> all right, cut it in post. Cut it in post. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. We shoot the. We had audio technical difficulties. And... <laughs> <laughs> Word from our sponsors. Uh. We're gonna yeah sponsor is uh, Manscape today. Manscape, if you want to reach out to us, please do. The subsidiary of Runescape. Oh, Runescape. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, we have lots more questions from. Our All right, my question listeners. first though. How oh. many questions are from Paulo? He's counting. He's counting. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he wasn't joking. Alright, I'm done. Uh, so you got all the med stuff out of the way. Um, favorite TV show right now on Netflix. So if it's not on Netflix, I don't want to hear about it. Oh, so it can't be Caillou. Man, I... <coughs> Ka- I'll make an exception for Caillou. Favorite TV show? I, I actually like binged quite a few TV shows during, during uh, COVID, but uh, I binged... Uh, I've been telling Doshan to watch it. Avatar: The Last Airbender. That was uh, that was dope. Are you talking about like the original series? Yeah, the original series. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's uh, it's it's like a kids quote unquote kids show, but like people who watch it, they know it's not really. It's a uh, it's a dope show. Um, what other TV shows? I watched a few like documentaries, like the Jeffrey Epstein documentary, which oh, is like messed wild. up, absolutely messed up. It's crazy. Highly recommend anybody like, go w- watch that. Yeah, it's, it's messed up. Yeah. Nope. I was gonna. Yeah, I don't know any other TV shows. I, I've 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 been watching documentaries and stuff like that, and other like animes like Attack on Titan. I I, I binge the rest of that. Yo, you watch? Yo, so good. Yo, the next season's finally coming out. The last one. I know. I know. Dilsha, I'm honestly got... tempted to read the manga, but I, I, I don't want to spoil it for me. I am very far ahead on the manga. and uh, Your lips got to be sealed, man. I don't want to hear anything. I'm not going to say anything, but like I'm excited just to watch the show. Man, I'm so pumped. And and the theme song. like Anybody who hasn't watched Attack on Titan, it is just a, like, it's just a show where you just turn on the sh- TV, and I swear to God, or like this monitor, whatever you're watching on, 
the theme song just boosts my adrenaline so much. It's crazy. It's so hype. <laughs> and the theme is insane. Like, it starts off, like, one, pretty one-dimensional, but it goes off the rails. It's actually... Oh, my God. It's actually my gym music. I've been trying... Sorry. Yo. Yo, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yo. I used to blast, like, when I first started watching it back yeah. in undergrad, like... I used to blast the original season one theme music at the gym, like, it was on repeat. Sochan, <laughs> you gotta watch it, man, you gotta continue. Please. It's a weird show, it's weird as hell, like, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's extremely weird, but it's so good, man. It's a like, lot. If you like Death Note, you'll love this. Yeah. Oh, you watch Death like Note too? The, I, oh. I only like Death Note the live action. Yeah, Caillou's better than that, man. <laughs> what was his name? What was his name? Light. Taylor? Definitely. You know, in the, in the live action thing, it was like Light Taylor or something like that, right? Or Light Reynolds? Name, yeah. some white name. <laughs> I'm say it's like Light Yam Yamagi or Yagami or something. Yagami, yeah, yeah. Yagami. I'm gonna look that up. Um, Light Yagami. Actually, while we're on the topic of anime, you sound like you like anime. What's your top tier? Light show? Turner. Light Turner. Light Turner? Turner, that's what it was. Timmy, Timmy, uh, honestly, I haven't watched too much anime. Like, I've watched, uh, obviously, Dragon Ball Z growing up. That's, like, goat for me. That's goat, goat. Even though I know, like, real anime purists are like, eh. But um, Attack on Titan, Death Note, those are only the, really the only three that I've actually seen. I think I used to watch, like, One Piece and One Punch Man back in the day, but I haven't really mm. fully watched it. Um but yeah, I'm well, down to try new things. If you haven't seen Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, I think it's on Netflix. I, I it is phenomenal. Mm. Highly recommend. Better than Attack on Titan. Really, in my, in my opinion. I watched the first like ten or something episodes like yeah. a few years ago, and I, I couldn't get into it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give it another chance. I'll give it another one, chance. It, yeah, it's one of those ones that become like a rolling ball, and then like the story just eventually hooks you in, and you just can't get out of it. And um, what's the, another one was uh, this a uh, Guren Lagan? It's about a drill. Mm. Uh, Naruto drillings. <laughs> Naruto drilling. What do you mean? Yes, yeah, so that's TV shows. Um, what about video games? Are you playing any video games right now? And if so, which ones? I know both of you play video games, so. Uh played a lot of Apex Legends during uh, during COVID. That's definitely a big game for me. I played a little bit of Warzone, but honestly, I liked Apex more, so I kind of stuck with that. Uh, I played um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I was playing some of that. It's an okay game. Um, I had like God of War and stuff that I'm partway through, but I, I honestly like didn't play much, obviously, during clerkship, but during COVID, I played a lot of Attack on uh, not Attack on Titan, Apex <laughs> Legends. That's pretty much all I played. Apex is one of those, um, uh, what's, uh, like PUBG and Fortnite and uh, yeah. What's the game mode called? Yeah, yeah, Battle Royale. Battle, Battle Royale. Yeah. yeah, that really blew up, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's fun, man. I I really like it, but um, I don't know. I I want to try other games, but I'm gonna probably wait the ps5 and, and whenever the price drops for that later on what do you what do you I'll think about that and see. what do you think about uh, you know there was an amazon leak and it looks like 
It looks like Canadian. The PS5 digital is like four hundred something bucks, four fifty. Ooh. 400 400 450 and then the the disc version the one with the hard disc is like 600 yeah let's see that's where i might bow out that's kind of sus yeah but line of credit bro line of credit get that amazon from td 500 <laughs> <laughs> yo i bought my ps4 like this previous year like, uh... i didn't have a gaming console i had like a, my playstation 3 that i played in like high school but I didn't even game because I'm I'm so averse to buying like a four hundred dollar gaming console. I waited till I could get it off Kijiji for like a hundred fifty. Oh. So I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'll see. I'll see. No, smart. Dilshan, have you seen what the new PS5 looks like? Is it white? Yep. I saw a picture of a, something that's white. Is it the, that? There's a lot of yeah. memes going around about it. Dude, it looks. If it's that white thing, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I like it. It looks spacey. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Just to confirm. I don't think anybody actually cares what it looks like. Like it's just like yeah. this, this one of bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me just stare at the PS Five. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It looks kind of weird, but there's, there's some funny memes off it though. People are putting like fans and stuff that like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big though. It's like yeah. It's tall. It's like two times the height of a PS PS Four. That's, when it's like sideways it's crazy that is crazy that's actually yeah that's, i find that interesting because like i thought they were trying to get more sleek and more like form-fitted kind of thing like into yeah. the i had to try something new yep size doesn't matter oh, uh <laughs> <laughs> so this is a rated g podcaster oh yes daddy <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why would you play that? That's Caillou, because he's small. Stop right there, Darius. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? I thought about this a lot, funny enough. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably, I think super speed mm. probably why because because like the flash is a very underrated superhero and if anybody knows anything about me i'm a huge huge comics guy like i grew up reading comics i love superheroes and stuff so i'm a big nerd when it comes to these things but the flash is like yeah he can run fast but like when you're the flash when you have super speed everything in your body works faster so you heal faster you think faster you obviously run faster you can do everything like everything is just done quicker so there's like all the problems of the world just like go away. Like you can spend like 10 years doing something that would take someone a, a minute. You know what I mean? Like if you just run fast enough that you're slowing down time, you could like complete a minute long task in the span of 10 years or vice. Wait, does that make sense? Other way around 10 years. No, no, like, like, like you, you are going so fast that to you, 10 minutes is someone else's one minute. Yeah. That makes you know sense. What I'm saying? Yeah. So like, so I don't know. I, I would definitely say super speed. I feel but, like it's the most underrated. But by by that definition, does that mean you're does that not mean you're gonna have a shorter life too? It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Like you won't. You may not. I don't know about aging, but like if everything's going faster, your heart's going faster. Um, I know there's that that theory. That's probably not true. That's like the amount of heartbeats is set in your life. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if your body's moving quick, you're gonna degrade quicker too. 
Those telomeres are going to shorten. That's true. That's true. That's true. You're going to get we all did a yeah. project about this, the oh. Flash, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, were yeah. you guys together or? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're in the same it all comes back around. Uh, yes. On the topic of superpowers, uh, Manos had this belief back in the day that he did actually have superpowers. Oh, did you? Is it, like, seriously? Yeah. He always oh, throw me under the bus. Yeah, this was back in when I was in grade uh, two, when I lived in the great province of Saskatchewan. I, uh, <laughs> that explains I, uh, it. <laughs> that, that alone says it. But I, no, I was with a group of friends. I was in grade two. Like, they were all kind of like joking. We would like play around acting like we had superpowers. And they were like, oh, I'm strong, man. I'm fast, man, or whatever. And I called myself Starman, something like that. And I and I, I imagined that I had Krillin's Destructo Disc, like, but it was like a shape of a star. And I would just like throw that. And But like, I kind of convinced myself that in like a different dimension that it was actually happening. We just couldn't tell. And I remember telling my friends this, and they were like, "Yo, you are extremely <laughs> weird. Like, <laughs> what, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you're garbage. You'll never get it. Listen, yo, why, uh, why, why are guests so weird, man? <laughs> Dude, we got, <laughs> we got, we got Manraj over here talking about shooting destructo discs. We have Caleb running into walls, thinking he could do kamehamehas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you guys never did this type of stuff. Come Yo, on. I I had a very blessed and great childhood. I grew up thinking perfectly well balanced and fun. No, <laughs> I, I totally <laughs> believed if I if I thought about it, I could do a kamehameha. I'm not gonna lie, for a little while. Oh, I mean, like I I had a mirror in the in the front of my house when I, when I walked in. Dilshan, if you remember my Windsor house, yeah. And like I would from grade I moved there when I was in grade four. Grade four to like probably grade seven, I would like sometimes just no one's home. I stand in front of the mirror. I'm in my position. I'm like screaming Kamehameha at the top of my lungs. Oh, God. And then I'm about to like let let go of the final ha. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'm on break. I don't want to break the mirror. I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> Yo, like, I, this shit extended. This shit extended. out here. Like, oh, bro. This, this is the I one that's destroy the house. In the back of my head, I'm like, yo, obviously this is not real, but like that odd chance that like I have that special power, I don't want to, I don't want to destroy my house. I got to do this outside. So you heard it here first. Uh, he single-handedly saved the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good job. Yeah, you didn't destroy your house. You didn't destroy nothing good. Good on you, man. But you may have lost that power like, forever. Great power comes with responsibility. <laughs> this is the guy that's supposed to be treating me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, Odell, what about you? Did you not have a, like a belief you could do like something, like even something like you thought you could like I don't know. I used to jump off of the jump off my couch with a blanket, thinking I'd actually fly and float. Uh, very faintly, like a little belief, like maybe if I. I grew up like Buddhist, so like kind of from a r- religious perspective back in the day, I was like, well, if I get to like a high state of enlightenment, I could do like like some next shit, but Aww. I never thought I'd get there or anything. Uh, I also saw videos of like, I don't know if you've seen like Shaolin monks ever. Have you seen those mm-hmm. videos? Mm-hmm. Kind of doing some like cool stuff. So I was like, oh, this is, this is dope. Maybe this, this is something potentially I could do, but mm. yeah, not really, no. That, I'm actually curious. And- now, Dilshan, it doesn't seem like you you tried too too much, but Menraj, have you have you ever tried something because you thought you could do it and put yourself in a dang, dangerous position? Like for example, that thing I was just talking about, my like jumping off. My wife truly believed 
with plastic bags, she'd fly like Mary Poppins. And, <laughs> and so she she almost jumped off. <laughs> she almost jumped off her roof. Wait, when was this though? <laughs> this is when she was little kid, like four or five. Oh, that's too old to think like that. Even like. <laughs> <laughs> And she, she, unfortunately, she, she like she chickened out or something. But like, you see, unfortunately, no, for, <laughs> unfortunately, fortunately, come on, man. Don't, no, you yeah, don't, 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 don't put me on blast on the podcast right here, yo. She listens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to edit that in post. Have <laughs> <laughs> ever done anything that was dangerous? I mean, I was always the. I mean, I, I had friends growing up. Uh, that would like, you know, go to sketchy places and and, and, and like, uh, it's it's really hard to describe. There's this thing called the ditch in Windsor. It's like this water drainage area, and it's like in between uh, near the school. You, near the school, you know what I'm talking about? The ditch, like the. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to call it. It's like this big cre- crevice type of thing, and it's mm. like where water drains from sewage. And you'd have to like break into a fence to get there, and you could like kind of roam around and like. I don't know, do dumb, dumb shit over there or like break into things. And like my friends would do stuff like that and I would join them. But anytime they wanted to do something dangerous, I'd be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm like, I'm way too, way too chicken. Like I was, anytime we'd like Nikki nine to our house, I'd be like halfway down the street. Cause I'm like, I'm way too slow. I can't do this. So oh. I was not a, Got the head start. not a daring person, <laughs> <laughs> not a daring person at all. Oh, you can tell by the way you did the Kamehameha. Like if you were a little more daring, you would have blew up your house. I would have let that off. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't think I had powers, but I did think I could be Jackie Chan. Like, I was talking about the last episode. Was it the last episode? I, I don't. I don't recall. I don't know. I, yeah, I thought I. I you could do to, it. Got into a fight in grade three, trying oh. to stand up, stand up for a kid. Oh. And then I did this move from Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't um, try the drunken monkey. What? That was that Jackie Chan movie. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, Uncle! Yo, you know what? Me and you, we could do Jackie Chan uh, and Chris Tucker. We could bad... Uh, what's the movie now called? Uh, it's not Rush Bad Hour. Boys. Rush Hour. Bad Boys. It's a whole different movie. Bad Boys. <laughs> bad Boys. What's Bad Boys? Is that the one with Ice Cube? That, no, that's the one with uh, Will Smith and... Will Smith. Um, what's the other guy's name? Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Martin Lawrence. Speaking of Martin Lawrence, actually... Uh, <laughs> how did that... How, how, what is this segue? I'm so <laughs> Uh, what is it like having family live in the U.S. and study in Canada? What was that segue? <laughs> yeah, speaking of that is a segue, that is a segue. We're from Canada. Martin Lawrence is from the states, bro. Yeah. Come on, you right, garbage. You'll never get that... it. <laughs> Where's that soundbite from? Uh, that's a video game donkey. Uh, he's a YouTuber. Um, that's all I could find on him. I like it. I, he's a great channel. If you guys ever want to watch him. Question was about family living. This is clearly this is Paulo again. Yeah, how'd you guess, bro? Just keep on, man. It's too good. Uh, I mean, it's fine otherwise, but definitely during COVID, it's it's uh, now that I'm back here, it's it's pretty stressful. Not gonna lie, because if something happens and any one of my family gets sick, I don't like I don't know how I'm gonna end up going there, and I'd have to quarantine when I come back, and probably push back my graduation. So that's kind of my biggest fear. But otherwise, there's no problems like usually it's they live far i don't get to see them as often but it's the same as undergrad like 
family's been away since I went to undergrad anyway, so it's not too different. Dope. And what do you think we shift some gears and get into some of these Am I the Assholes that oh, we have prepared? The best segment of the show. Welcome to Am I the Asshole. Oh, am I the... We talk about the and give it our opinions and then finally come to a final conclusion. Yo, did you think about that? No. <laughs> you, those words, like, you, that's not like that, that was rehearsed. That was <laughs> that was was yeah, that's pretty bro, good. Yo. Bro, I've seen you practicing this, dude. Yeah. I'm just... I'm just uh, I've seen you practicing I just have E40 flowing through me. Do you want me uh, Do you want me to shoot the, the, the one I got going on in front of me here? Yep. Alrighty. Now, so, Am I the Asshole was one that we found on Reddit, um... Uh, previously before we just had fun with it now on my own one time just scrolling through Facebook you know those well 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 if it isn't your, your own consequences like those you know those funny pages on Facebook am I the asshole popped up so why don't we toss it to you men Raj and you the listeners to decide if this person is the asshole okay alright I'm gonna pull up my mic way over here Am I the asshole for wanting my girlfriend to cook meat? On Shoot the Ship, we don't condone sexism. This is just reading a Wait, post to, on Reddit. <laughs> What's that? To cook what? To cook meat? What? To cook meat. Oh, no, meat. <laughs> Yo, I heard me. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> that, um, you're not quite an asshole if they want to cook you. That's just a weird fetish. This is cannibalism. Uh, <laughs> to cook meat. So, no, hold on. So, we're going to say the story. We're going to say the story. So, the person states off the story saying, We've been dating for five and a half years and living together for two. See, my girlfriend and I both work. I work a standard nine to five, Monday to Friday, while she works three days a week. Around 45 hours and studies from home for the moment due to the pandemic. So, she's home for four days a week. And so, obviously, she cooks dinner. What's driving me nuts is that she won't cook meat. So if I say I want curry for dinner, I should play the anthem. Um, <laughs> Five, <laughs> four, no stop. She'll make, she'll make a vegetable and tofu curry, pasta, all vegetables. And before you ask, she's not even vegetarian. She doesn't like touching meat and wants to be more sustainable. In air quotes, she drives a car. Okay, and tells me that if I want meat. I need to cook it myself. What the f- beep? I work five days a week. The way I see it is that whoever is staying home all day should cook dinners. Why should I work eight hours just to come home and cook? All my colleagues bring in leftovers of spaghetti and meatballs or beef stew, and I get fried rice and or <laughs> fried rice and orange tofu. And when my colleagues see they a- see, they ask when I'm going to grow my <laughs> man titties because soy is full of. <laughs> <laughs> what the yeah, no, 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 no. read the whole thing it's gonna, it sounds horrific if I just say it like that and when my colleagues see they ask what I'm gonna grow my man titties because soy is full of women hormones or whatever we've learned that uh, I am sick of it am I the asshole and then essentially TLDR GF won't cook meat I want steak so it's up to us to all right, clarification clarification is he so he's working more than her is she working at all well, okay she, she, she's working for, she's working okay let me let me clarify here it says uh i i think she's working 45 hours but within three days and now she's because of the pandemic she's studying at home however no, normally it sounds like she's three days a week but 45 hours which is a lot of hours within three days 
And he's a nine to five standard, which in that in and of itself, I believe is 40 hours a week. Like excluding lunches and stuff. <clears throat> so okay. he seems like okay. he's working about the same amount of hours. But I'm going to say, just, hmm? no, no, you go, you go. I was going to say, but she's, she's just at home more than he is. That's it. I'm going to say this dude is, uh, either knows that he can't cook at all. He's not a good cook. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to cook or he's just low key misogynistic or, uh, he's lazy. Cause man, like if you're, if you're, if you're wife or girl or whatever it is in this situation, doesn't want to cook meat. Uh, but they're cooking you meals all the time and they're working just as much as you, even if they're staying home. And nine to five, like you can come home and cook some meat if you're coming home at five, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like nine to five, yeah, it's difficult, sure. But like if you wanna cook meat for yourself and or cook it for both and she's cooking the other meals, you can compromise. You can just cook meat. So yes, he is the asshole. Mm. I will say. What do you say, Dilly? Man, I agree. Is it like when I heard the work hours, like yeah, she's home more, but she's still cooking like the entire meal. Like, yeah. how long does it take to just like cook a steak? Yeah. Like, just gotta give it a sear, get that medium rare. Yeah, and and that's it. Like, well, you don't like it well done. <laughs> and that concludes our episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, like that's the thing. Exactly. Like he can cook his own meat and. He has weekends off. He can cook it on the weekends if he wants. And the man can buy meat. Like, he can just be like, yeah, I'm picking up meat today. I'm picking up chicken at Costco or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, it's, there's available stuff. And, you know, she's, I don't know, this is, this is some bullshit. Now, he's talking about the, uh, the last portion here about the, uh, the estrogen. Essentially, he's talking about those the, phyto, soy. the phytoestrogen <laughs> soy. I honestly, Harry, I, I've been hearing that it's not great to drink a lot of soy as a guy. Um, I don't know how true that is, but I, I think I, I I remember there being a level of of truth. From what I understand, there from the quick little tidbit, I think I think that there there's definitely phytoestrogen, but I don't know how bioavailable it is in terms of mm-hmm. converting to usable quote unquote female estrogen. I, I don't really know how applicable soy really is. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of it's just hearsay. I feel like you probably have to drink like. 40 gallons of that shit or something to yeah and, and, <laughs> bro like it has they said it has like female hormones or whatever like we don't know what the whatever is oh. <laughs> 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 here i'm thinking you're gonna give some like very rational response this guy's like a whatever you know get that whatever <laughs> <laughs> you know what i i think this person is an asshole well, yeah, I, I think this the girl is, is not a, yeah i don't think she's an asshole even in the slice she may be a little bit not cool for how like at least everyone's slow on making meat like when she is cooking yeah i like if she's that sturgeon on not making it but like i don't think she's like really an asshole she could compromise a bit but not not like come on man you're, you're a grown-ass man right yeah and you decide to live with her like you can figure you this out the whole meal this, i know this man cook a, pro- cook a protein and eat the rest of the meal bro why do you look at your colleagues about spaghetti and meatballs or beef soup, man? You got fried rice and orange soup. You know how good that sounds? Yeah, oh you know, shit. Mm. I eat that. Yeah. Now, we have an interesting update, though, on this one. This is not a normal Am I the Asshole. We actually have a post. Whoa, 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 whoa. So there's a post that came in from Roller Skating Crybaby. Sigh. 
This is a throw. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that out loud because so you understand what's happening. <laughs> so this is a throwaway because I do not want this to be associated with my main account. So here we go. And in brackets, I'm the girlfriend, by the way. Hi, babe. <laughs> to summarize, oh. and she actually absolutely butchered the spelling of summarize. But to summarize, <laughs> Wait, how bad? How bad? How bad? It's a. Uh, I'm nervous it might be spelled right, but I think it's spelled wrong. Give me a second here. Let me Google it. Let me Google it. How do you spell summarize? S-U-M-M-A-R-I-Z-E. Yeah. Okay, good. So she just spelled it wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she spelled it. She didn't butcher it. She she spelled it right. It just looked weird. It looked like I read mayonnaise for some reason. My head, I might be dyslexic. To summarize, you are... <laughs> You are a you are a huge wide gaping asshole. Oh, a goat eye, in other words. Truthfully, it was brave of you to post this here, knowing how much time I spend reading this sub. If you had just kept your mouth shut and eaten dinner instead of posting here, I never never would have known you view me as a glorified babysitter. So thank you for that. You would think that if you want for people to side with you, you'd make an effort to come across as a decent person. There are a few details you missed out and a few that you're completely wrong about. One, see, this is the importance of hearing the story from one side. You got to hear the story from multiple sides, right? One, I'm a residential care worker. That's my job title. I work with a family of four siblings who have been removed from this family due to sexual abuse. Yes, three of them are at school Monday to Friday. We still need to look after the toddler, cook nutritious meals, clean the house, fill out case notes, plan activities, and basically act as parents to those kids. Um, and it's hard sometimes we deal with challenging. Um, where am I here? Because I had to switch the page. Uh, something, whatever, it completely missed. But anyways, I also volunteer seven days a week for eight hours. You do not cook on your days off. This is something we have discussed many times. You say you'll do it next week, and you never do. Oh, God. You say you work nine till five, but you come home at 3.30 every day this week and the week before that, <laughs> which most likely means you've been leaving the office at two. Five hours, of, f- five hours is a big day, huh? <laughs> it's not my fault that you can't handle being seen with a container of tofu. That sounds like a, a you problem. <laughs> you love the lentil bolognese. Bologna, bologna. It's not spelled. That's a weird. Bolognese? 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 Bolognese, bro. Bolognese. Alright, but bolognese I made tonight. Bolognese. I made tonight. And then eight. This. No, right. This isn't working out. And then the next step. And something that you really should know that I think you love is I cook meat for the kids at work. So eat shit. Regards your soon-to-be ex-girlfriend. Oh, and then obviously the post afterwards. If this is real, then I'm glad you're dumping him. Lol, he has absolutely zero respect for you. I really hope this is real. That being said, if if it is, F yeah. Damn. Damn. Clearly he was the asshole. <laughs> No, he was an he was as she said a wide gaping asshole. Gaping. And yep. He was. He's not even an asshole. He's he's a hemorrhoid. It's not even just an <laughs> asshole. Like she tore a second one. In oh, him. get that fissure, bro. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was that was definitely an asshole. Like this guy's. Yeah, there's no question. Whack. Yeah. yeah tra- this guy's a trash. Trash. Bro, know. a three thirty thing killed me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You came out 3.30 every day this week? No. <laughs> you came at 3.30 every day. There's a drop of still. All right. No, 2.30 every day. All right. Yeah. Um, I have the next one. 
Uh, am I the asshole for not wanting to have kids, even if my husband is the main bloodline? In quotes. What the hell? Okay. Yeah. Uh, September last year, when my so she's a 27 year old female, uh, my and the husband, 29 male, uh, proposed. Uh, but that's a weird sentence. September last year, when my husband proposed to me. Uh, during that time, I reminded him that I do not want any kids. And he's been aware of this ever since we started dating. He has always assured me that he supports my decision. But when we announced the engagement to his family, my mother-in-law got excited for her soon-to-be grandchildren. That's when I realized that his family is not aware that we're not having kids. But he told me that he's going to explain it to them. And so we got married February this year. Today, we visited his parents. In brackets, we haven't visited them for, uh, for long due to the pandemic lockdowns. And surprisingly, my mother-in-law asked, how is my medication on my um, PCOS going, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome? Um, my husband immediately answered that it is going well, but I was confused. When we got home, I asked him what happened. He told me his parents think I have polycystic ovarian syndrome so that we can't have children yet mm -hmm. because he thought I might change my mind in the future. I told him that I clarified to him before that I do not want any kids and I won't ever want to have one. I messaged my mother-in-law to tell her the truth and she became enraged, telling me that I'm being selfish because my husband is the eldest son of the eldest son of the eldest son and so on, thus being the oh quote-unquote main bloodline of the family. It's been really full of chaos, but my family fortunately supports me of my decision. My husband still thinks I'd change my mind someday, but I won't. Sorry if the story is a little fuzzy, but am I the asshole for refusing to have kids? Uh, TLDR, my husband lied to his parents saying that I have polycystic ovarian syndrome instead of admitting that I do not want any kids. Mm. Hey, it's cool Damn. that he knew PCOS. <laughs> <laughs> Google's how, why women know pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it could be treated. Okay, cool. All right, cool. That's a good one. Why women know pregnant. Ooh. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. I, I mean, I don't at all think she's the. I don't think she's the asshole at all. Uh, right? She's asking, "Am I the asshole?" Like her, the girl, yeah. right? Okay, because I don't want to cross the wrong way. I think um, uh, that bloodline thing is hilarious, but like, <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect the culture because that might be a big thing. So I don't want to disrespect yeah. any cultures. But my hands are up in the video. Can't see. Um, but still, it's hilarious. Um, and um, uh, I mean like if you're getting married to someone and you tell them hey I don't want kids and that's an understanding before you get married that other person needs to like know that accept it and be okay with that because you can't just like assume that someone's gonna change their mind because sure they might change their mind but you can't operate on that assumption that's not that's not like doesn't make sense it's not fair at all mm -hmm. so 100% that I don't think she's the asshole at all I do think like there's obviously there's no guarantee that she'll always keep that decision, but that's up to her to decide. And it's not up to the husband to be like, oh, well, I assume that you're going to change your mind. So I'm going to tell my mom anyway. Like, it's just clearly the dude's not mature. So I, I agree with you. I don't think she's an asshole at all. In the slightest, in fact, unless unless the story she's giving us is not as clear as she's making it. Like, no, doesn't make mm. it to be as in like, maybe she was kind of like, oh, you know, we'll talk about it or like kind of like making it seem as though she may have a chance of being convinced or talked about it once or something 
Um, that's the only case. But like, given off based off the story she told us, she's not an asshole. Like, that's her life. That's her choice. Now, and her husband should respect that if she already told her that. I don't know if the guy's necessarily being an asshole, but I think he's at least like being. I think he's afraid of his like family. That's what I was gonna say, being a wimp. But like, I don't know how to tell what level, right? Like how powerful his family is on him, or how much respect he's like. Maybe he, in that case, like you know, his family would rather have a lie as opposed to the truth. Mm-hmm. Right, but like his situation yeah. sucks. But like, she's not being an asshole. No, definitely not. You know, I, I I don't think I'd label him as being an asshole necessarily either. I think there's obviously more to the story, so he might be put in a pretty precarious situation where he feels like he has to lie about that. But still, I just feel like that's just you're setting yourself up for failure if you're going into a marriage like that. You have all those conditions. And, I don't know. That just seems like risky business. So. And if he wants a kid one day, like truly, actually wants a kid one day, this, this is not a good way going to relate like a marriage like this like that may be something that could really affect him down the road like he will have deep regrets yeah and the other thing is like i mean i don't i really don't mean this as a joke but if they honestly just care about having a kid from that bloodline then maybe they could have like a actually that's just that's not that doesn't make sense i was gonna say like donor or like surrogate or something but then who's gonna take care of the kid doesn't make sense yeah the mm. yeah, blood, bloodline thing's hilarious. Uh, no like disrespect. No the disrespect no, the, yeah, there are some groups that that actually yeah. is super important too. Yeah. 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 Medieval castles. And... No, it's like specifically like... from the eldest. I've never, I've never, I've never seen I think, that one. I, yeah, sorry. I, I think the funny thing is not like obviously that because everybody has their own cultures. It's just like, what is the like the chances that the one girl that doesn't want to have kids ends up marrying into a family that has that specific condition that's i think that's the funny part yeah yeah it's, a good, it's, it's like good how much did they communicate before like yeah. like when they got into this relationship and stuff like yeah it's a very very good note very very keen thing to catch how the frick are we gonna be clerks man look at look at men over here picking up little details we can't even pick up that <laughs> 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 actually maybe you'll be our attending one day <laughs> or whatever resident, I don't know. Man, actually, I got a couple questions for you too. Sure. Are you Are down you... for some would you rather, Zilly? Yep. Would you rather? And this popped up, and I don't remember how it popped up. Would you rather be someone who is attractive but does not see themselves as attractive, like sees themselves as very unattractive? Let's just say, like you see yourself really ugly, or a person who is really unattractive but sees themselves as very attractive the second one hands down self-love man self-love is all that matters mm-hmm. honestly because I, I mean like obviously the spectrum like if you're like unbelievably bad looking that like it's a problem in your life and i don't mean that as a joke even if it sounds like a joke like if you genuinely are so ugly that it's an issue in your life then yeah. like that's unfortunate but like I mean, it doesn't matter how good you look to other people because I feel like that's so common. Even like the people that you assume are like the most best looking or whatever, if they, they might secretly inside feel like they are ugly as hell, right? So, mm. and everyone's their worst critic. So I feel like 100% the other way around. Mm. How about you, Dilly? I think I answered this before and it's on the previous episode or something, but yeah, no, same. You, you did it on the group chat when I sent you the thing. I was like, oh, these are for future. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, no, I don't want to hear you answer now. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> 
I agree. Uh, Self love is, is the most important thing. Like, there's no point people thinking I'm good looking. Like, if I don't think so, what's that gonna do? I'm not gonna feel good. See, I fully disagree with both of you, and I'll say why. I think that if I feel, okay, first of all, if I'm unattractive but I feel myself very unattractive, it's kind of like it's. It, I could see that being extremely off-putting to people, like extremely off-putting. Not just the fact that I'm attractive, but the fact that then I also act in a certain way so like it's, it's like those people that speak too confidently but are very ignorant on a thing and it's like mm. you know like you like you know when you're so confident but you, you you answer completely wrong you look like an asshole right and there's there's some people like if you're like if you're extremely unattractive let's just say but you're acting extremely attractive or like you think to yourself you can make come off as like complete asshole in certain cases mm. right um mm. like like whoa whoa who are you you know what i mean um whereas also, being unattractive, and this is going to sound bad, it's kind of like you're saying, it could be problematic in your life. Um, there's, there's truth to this. It's like, it will, people, it sucks, but society doesn't value you as much, right? Like, you're trying to get jobs and whatnot. You're not going to get as good of jobs. You're gonna, you have a hurdle. You, you're setting up yourself with so much more hurdles. You're not, like, you have much harder chances of being who you want to be with. Uh, harder chances for finding jobs. Harder chances to build networks and what it sucks but it's true right that's why people get braces yeah. it's not people don't get braces usually because oh my teeth feel kind of funny no they do it because like it sets up your better their, their future better right um so i'd rather actually appear attract like be very attractive but view myself unattractive um for that very reason like you have people will generally treat you better i know there is like general self like you may not like the way you look but you can start it also kind of puts you to build your other skill sets right like if you're unattractive right like people who feel they're unattractive start to build like comedy skill sets or build other skill sets mm -hmm. so that they can work around that physical unattractiveness so i think if then you will appear attractive and have extra skill sets mm. so that's where i lean into. i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying i i feel like i agree with you big big time in terms of like I've had this discussion before lots of times of like as shallow as it might be like it's very important how you present yourself to the world because that's mm -hmm. the first thing that people see like you know if you're if you're completely looking like complete scruff and and for example in our field you're going to see a patient like that's not that you know you mm -hmm. can't walk into a into a hospital in sweats like it's just there's certain type of standards you have to maintain i feel like the way that the question's presented though like the extreme ends like I think I, I would generally agree that it's better to be attractive and feel slightly less attractive than be like extremely unattractive and, and be like, oh, I'm, I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. But like if there's like a little kind of like in between, I would lean more towards that side of what you're saying. Like be attractive, but, but kind of like not exactly feel that way because but not to the point where you're like, well, I hate myself. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. some type of balance in there. I, th I feel like there has to be a balance for sure. Like, but I feel you. I feel you. It's, a, it's like how extreme you look at the question. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Everyone had a little different response. I like that. I thought this was going to be like everyone's going to answer a similar. I like when that happens when it's different. And then, got another would you rather if you guys want right now. Yeah, it's perfect. Sure. Would, this is my last of would you rather for me, but would you rather be the most skilled person ever existing? Or be the most lucky person ever existing. Ooh. 
Doshan, you want to go first? Uh, I think... I think luck. Um, so I feel like if I'm the most skilled at like every single skill or whatever, like I, th- I think the whole point about like feeling good about a skill is that you worked hard to achieve it. Um, and I like that journey, but also sometimes no matter how hard you work on something, there's still like that luck factor that's like not going to get you there. We see it with Met all the time. Like you practice your interviews, you do well in your MCATs, you like work hard for those things, and there's like that lottery or that luck aspect of it that doesn't go in your favor sometimes mm-hmm. uh so i feel like if i had the luck then those little instances of like like unlucky circumstances that i can't control would be out of the way and then everything that i achieve would be from my own achievement mm-hmm. versus if i had all the skills and like oh, what's the point yeah i'm good at everything and like this, that's probably going to be helpful in a lot of ways but i feel like i'll just be like bored mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I I have like an extreme bias in this question because I don't believe in the idea of luck at all. Mm. I don't think that's a thing. I think luck is a way that humans have created a concept of luck to feel more comfortable with the idea of random chance. I think that's a real thing of the fact that there there is variability in random chance in everything. But I don't think there's ever like a thing that makes someone lucky. So I, I have to kind of give that perspective first so i would go with with skill because first i don't think luck really is a factor like i think there's obviously variables that influence your chance of being able to do things and there's systemic barriers and things like that and i'm not going to deny any of that but i think there's things that are controllable and things that are not controllable and luck slash chance you can't control skill is the one thing you can actually adapt and control even if you have the most skill it's something you can actually control on a tangible day-to-day basis so to me, it's like the only variable that really makes sense to alter. You know what I mean? Like, 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 even if someone's unbelievably unlucky and has everything stacked against them, if if there's only one other factor that could get them out of that situation, it's skill, right? Mm-hmm. But even if you're the luckiest person, right? Like realistically luckiest person, and you're given all these opportunities, if you don't have that baseline skill set, like you will not succeed, mm-hmm. or you will. Heart won't succeed to the ability that you would be able to if you had that skill. So I would say I would say skill. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I see what both of you are saying here. Um, right, I do see skill, or I see I see luck. Kind of like we've, there's that quote. It's like luck is essentially what skill allows for. Like the more skill you have, like okay, you're always gonna get multiple sets of doors, but if you have the skill to open a door. It opens up to what you're gonna actually be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. Luck is the the randomness of which doors you get placed in front of you. That's how I look at it. So with that said, I still, hmm. you know, if you if you're extremely lucky, but you have a very very limited skill set, that could be like, it could be a relative to what luck means. Like it's like, oh man, I was really lucky to have gotten this really low paying job because I have no skill set. You know what I mean? Whereas if you have a high skill set, bad luck would be getting a job that's mid-level pay. That, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I see what you're getting at here, but still, overall, I'd like to be. Ex- I think, hmm, I'd like to be. Ex- I, I think I'd like to be the luckiest person because mm-hmm. there's some things that you can't get, such as winning the lottery. 
That's no skill involved at all. Going to the casinos at all. But if you're extremely lucky, you're going to be winning. And by lucky, we mean like winning those random, at least I mean by winning those random chances. So that's at least how I view it. And like, I don't know, I've been fortunate my whole life. I feel like, I feel like to this day, yeah, I work hard and I build skills, but like, like I've been extremely lucky to have gotten to this position as I am. Like all these doors that have been popping up in front of me and with the skill set that I was fortunate to have and build and building on, like has Mm -hmm. been opening certain doors and just leading to a... Honestly, I was talking with my buddy earlier today. There's the randomness of getting here, where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, had just like one little difference and would have changed everything. So I, I'd still go with luck, and I do appreciate it. Um, but like, it's important to have skill. But mm-hmm. if I don't get something out of luck, I don't feel bad. But if I don't get something because my like, let's say I skilled, I was really skilled at it, and I failed to still get it, I'd be pissed. Right. So the outcomes are a little different too. Like the way I view outcomes are different. So mm-hmm. I'd go with being the luckiest person, which I still feel like right now I'm generally very lucky. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's my question for the day. Nope. I found another Am I the Asshole if you guys are down for that one. Sure. It's kind of sure. funny, funny title. Uh, am I the Asshole? For telling my coworker her due date is in the holiday. Yes. I. That's funny. Can <laughs> <laughs> you say that again? For telling my what? What? For telling my coworker that her due date is in the holiday. Due date, like an assign, like a work assignment. I think like pregnancy. That's what I'm thinking. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, okay. Okay. Right. Uh, I, a 25-year-old female, work in a mid-sized office, about 20 people. There are only about 10 of us working right now. My coworker, 32 female, is due in August. She talks about her pregnancy constantly to the point when you change the subject, she manages to switch it back to her pregnancy, regardless of the topic. Uh, context. Everyone in the in my family, except me, was born on or near a major holiday in the U.S. My brother on Valentine's Day, my mom right before Halloween, and my dad on Christmas. So the joke in my family is that August is the only... August only has one holiday, and it's my birthday. It's a sweet joke, and I always think it's cute. Uh... Well, my birthday is in August, and I laughed and told my coworker about the joke. Told her, "Baby, uh, welcome to the August Club," and told her, "Congrats on a summer baby. August is a great month, etc." Uh, we don't know each other well, but I tried to be nice. She got visibly annoyed and said, "Well, my due date is a holiday. We are all getting the day off for it." Very confused, I said, "We are getting uh, PTO." For your due date, oh, paid time off, off. Oh, okay. for your due date. Uh, I don't think that's right. She stormed off and didn't really talk to me about it, so I just left it alone. About an hour later, my other coworker came up to me and said I really pissed her off because I wasn't acknowledging the significance of her giving birth. She's been cold to me ever since, and I don't think telling her that her due date isn't an actual holiday makes me an asshole. I asked my boss if we had planned holidays or days off, and she said no. My coworker hasn't talked to me since, and I literally don't understand what's going on. Am I the asshole? What in the I'm, world? I'm confused, yo. I'm, so I'm low-key confused. Because yeah. she's like, in my family, we consider birthdays holidays, but this other random person that's not in my family said that their due date's a holiday, and I'm like, no? Like, what are you no, saying? No, I think the family thing is like a... In, in this person's family, the 25-year-old female, um, 
they just had a coincidentally a lot of their family members were born on a holiday except for her so she's True. like oh august is the holiday it's my birthday haha and then so she told a joke in her workplace and this person like um my due date is a holiday <sighs> i hate these types of people so uh hold hold hold, hold, hold. <laughs> i just want to say yeah i'm so a little confused so the person saying yeah so the, they're saying my due date is a holiday this person said to her yeah your due date is a holiday no, like the the person writing this post is like, yo, your due date is not a holiday. Oh, it's not. A, okay, that's this. But they had this like joke in their family. It's like, oh, August is holiday because I was born in August. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, it's just so she just made that joke at work. She made that joke at work, and yeah. then like people like I think the joke was like whatever. Um, then yeah, they told the coworker about the joke and told the baby book to the August club. August is a great month, etc. Um, and she got annoyed and said, well, my due date is a holiday. We're getting the day off for it. This person, I bet, is the type of person that, like, if you don't say happy birthday to them, they're done with you. And, like, if you forget yeah. the anniversary, <laughs> it's over. Uh. So, yeah, it's oh, the person man. writing the post an asshole for saying no. that the due date's not a holiday. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. The, it, it, insensitive joke, yes. Asshole, no. Yeah. Like I don't even. I like, don't even. I don't even know if it was a. Was, was even a joke? It was literally just she was like, "Oh, we're well, getting holidays." She's like, "No, you're not." Okay, fuck. No, I mean, deep, yeah. deep. Uh, <laughs> like the yeah, the joke in the family's like, yeah, she, August is a holiday because she was born in it. So then she just made that joke at the workplace and was like, "Oh, your baby, like, welcome to the August Club. Uh, we're special because we were born in August." I think that's kind of the vibe. But if the way they said it is like, no, you're not. Like, like, it's like a bad joke, but like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's not. It's not, an not, 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 not at all. Not at all. I think they're just trying to be cute, and it kind of backfired. The other person is just being insensitive. Oh, man. Being sensitive, not insensitive. Yeah, being highly mm-hmm. sensitive. It could be from the pregnancy, right? Is that true? Maybe. Could be. Could be, but I don't want to. I don't want to go down that. Get rabbit. some controversy in here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Generally, um, Reddit feels that this is not the asshole. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, not overwhelming comments so far. I would love to see if a person even said they were the asshole. Like if someone left as a troll. Someone's definitely a troll, so yeah. yeah, no, no one said it. I don't think, from what I'm seeing. Oh man, well, definitely you're not the yeah. asshole. Um, I, th- I think that's a that's a good spot to wrap it up on, eh? What do you think, Dilly? Yeah, yeah, and uh, for everybody that's been listening, you're definitely not the asshole. Uh, especially if you made it this far on such a long episode today. We got a long one. Uh, Manraj, you, you, your timing, we're perfect. We're an hour and a half, but we had the uh, previous shot before this where we talked about uh, defunding the police and what that meant. Uh, it's a rather heavier topic, but it's one that I think would be really useful for a lot of people to have heard. And, defund uh, the police coming straight from the underground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's going to be our outro today, right? Are we going to so. wrap it? Are we going to wrap it? Manorize you part of it? Defund the police? No, I'm not going to say defund. I'm not going to say we say it. We just say fuck the police. Come straight. All right. Uh, let's just say F the police. Every time it says F the police. F the police. Everyone get the lyrics out in front of them? Oh, God. I have to get the... Wait, how far are we going with this? I didn't know. We got them. this. Uh, are you playing the song, too? Or what are we saying? Uh, well, uh, we we can't play the song because. Uh, uh, oh, right. 
Right. We don't want the whole podcast getting shut down for no reason. Um, we'll, we'll we'll take a verse each. How about that? Well, I don't know that much of the song to be honest. Yo, go, <laughs> no, you gotta go genius, yo, genius. Because we have three verses. You got the lyrics, but like I don't, I haven't listened to the, like, I don't know the flow fully. Yeah, you know what? It's a terrible idea. it's like a four minute outro (laughs) anyways everybody thank you for listening Uh, we had Dilshan's uh, long long time friend and now friend of the show Manraj Sharma and we also had five four three (laughs) two (laughs) and then we had Rachel and Baladay thank you guys for earlier and uh, if you made it this far, Dilshan, you want to actually, Manaraj, you want to give actually, us the special word of the pod episode for people to uh, let us know? Uh, uh, <laughs> asshole. Asshole, that's a special that a, word. I like it. Is that a, is that a good word? What do you All think? Right. If you awesome. made it this far, send us your asshole. No. <laughs> 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 That's Yo. the word, asshole. Uh, yeah, Dilshan. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> if you made it this far, send us the word asshole to our DMs. Uh, yeah, so the word, in, in the in word, the word, face. the word. Nothing more, just the word. <laughs> and you try to use it in a sentence. Don't send us any anything else other than that. <laughs> yeah, use, use the word in a sentence. And yeah, follow us at Shoot the Ship on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, when are we gonna make a Facebook page? When are we gonna make a YouTube? What are we gonna do on YouTube though? Record these zooms though? Like, yeah. Oh, we could just post the audio, right? Some people listen based off yeah. that. I listen to some stuff yeah. just on that. But yeah, uh, we'll figure that out. We'll get that going. I still gotta make a sound, like a real legit soundboard too. So. I'm yes. So lazy, man. Anyways, everybody, thank you. Everybody, so say goodbye in three, two, one. Bye bye. Oh, yes, daddy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> and of course, we got to roll the outro. Five, four, three, two, one. Stop it with that racist shit. First off, RIPXXX. Second, this is real. My anger is so very real. English Emma, how long have you been in the shadows? It seems I have underestimated your unrelenting obsession for me. You say I am your nemesis, but I know deep down that you want nothing more than to be with me. I will never go down by you, or on you. Foolish Emma, how many times must I remind you that I am well over your league? I am like a god, and you are a petty peasant. You are trash. Nothing more than filth. But now, 
Now you hop out on the day I was to take my wrath on dipshit and mo. You ruined my plans. And for that, I will ruin you. You shall remain in the darkness forever, and don't believe for one second that you will ever be able to stop me. Shout out to Kelvin. Shout out to Tartaro. Shout out to Hypertension. And as on WA said it fuck the police.